Hi, you're listening to Creatrix Culture. I'm your host, Sarah Lottie, and we are back with Kimberly McConnell. Hey! So Kimberly was my third episode, um, second guest back a year, over a year ago. And we talked then about self-love and she still has the highest listened to episode. Oh, thank you. All the episodes. So I wanted to have her back because she is our new human design expert. She hates me for saying that. Oh, yeah. Well, the term expert, we're going to use graciously here. I've put a lot of time studying over the pandemic, but still. You you have. Oh, my God. I really have. I mean, if you just ask my boyfriend, it's been like, wake up, study human design, go to bed with a book in my hand for like a, like a year, truly. I'm that obsessed. I love it. Because yeah. like I tell her, I have no desire to study it. Um, and I love that she has been doing all the work. In, in this new modality. So what the first question I want to ask you, we're not going to go dive into too much about uh, what human design is. We don't want to spend too much time on that. Um, she is going to give me a reading today, which I feel it's like, I feel like with a lot of things, then when you just do it and it's hands yeah. on, you actually get more, so much more of an understanding than just definitely. Like and when you explain human design and what it is, basically, it can kind of just seem a little basic and a little like it's not this this piece of life, like when you give a reading, mm -hmm. it comes alive. It's a totally different thing than just explaining what it is. So how long has human design been around? Because I feel like, um, from when I heard about it, I think I actually first heard it about it from you before anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would see in different spiritual communities, you know, different people are popping up talking about human yeah. design, but how long has it been around now? It's been, I think 33 or 34 years. What? Yeah. Yeah. Why are we just hearing about it? Dude, I know. Well, even the founder said that human design isn't for the people who are studying it in the very beginning. It's for like the future generations. He was totally ahead of his time. Wow. He just knew that it wasn't going to be a thing that would pick, be picked up right away. And yeah. so what I'm kind of feeling like, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, I feel like it has some, it's like, like your horoscope, mm -hmm. but completely different. What are some similarities and differences between okay. human design and and our horoscopes. So it combines a horoscope basically. So you get your horoscope from astrology, which is the placement of the stars. And in Western culture, we use tropical astrology. So it's based on where our equinoxes, um, interact with the stars. So it's like, uh, the, the timing of how we look at the stars is different than if you're using Vedic astrology. Mm -hmm. But for um, for human design and for Western astrology, we have our horoscopes based on the way the planets are in relation to our tropical equinoxes. And so you use astrology, you use that same, most of the time, tropical astrology and human design as you do in astrology when you get your horoscopes. But it just goes so much deeper. So it uses the placement of the stars to sort of... Um, pinpoint which of the energies you carry in your body and the energies themselves come from the I Ching. So the I Ching basically has, it's called the book of changes. It's this ancient text. It's like 3000 years old, but basically back in the day they used to use it as like an Oracle kind of mm -hmm. um, thing. So you'd like ask questions of it and it, it basically encapsulated the entire human experience. And so each of the 64 gates in human design are related to a different archetype. And the, um, the, the planets basically will tell you like which ones you have consistently in your chart. 
And we all have all of them, but the ones that we have consistently are the ones that we give out to the world and we, we contribute our energy to. And the ones that we don't have consistently, we're pulling in the energy from the other people. So okay. it's when we're pulling in energy from other people, we get like the different variations based on all the different people who carry that energy. And then when we're giving it out, it's consistent every time. Interesting. So we become more familiar with the ones that we have all day, every day, but mm -hmm. we're also learning so much about the ones that we don't have consistently. And so we do experience all of the archetypes. It's just like a horoscope, you know, which ones are like more your Dominant. personality. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So give us a little quick history on human design of the gentleman that founded it. The gentleman. The gentleman. <laughs> Another generous term. <laughs> Anyone who's in human design knows what I'm talking about. Okay, so um, the guy who founded human design's name is Ra Uruhu. He changed his name, obviously. He was born Alan Krakauer, I believe is how you pronounce it. I would have changed it. my I name too. Do, yeah. So he was living in Ibiza. I don't know how many years before he was living there he had this download, but he lived there for like a couple decades, I think, in Ibiza, Spain. And so the, the legend has it that he walked into his apartment one night and he had his dog there. And he had this just like thunderous voice come over him and basically said, are you ready? And so then his dog had a seizure and he had like this whole weird like physical thing happen to him. And over a series of eight days, he literally heard a voice in his head that told him everything about human design. And so the thing about human design to like to know is that it's not just like some random thing that came out of the clouds. It's actually a combination of a couple systems that already existed. So it's like the I Ching, which has been 3,000 years old. It's like very well established. It's very well respected. Mm -hmm. And then there's astrology, which is also, you know, it's a it's kind of a science, you know. And then there's the chakra system. So we actually map these energies onto the physical body so you can see where they reside and which organs they relate to. And so like you can actually correlate like if you have something happening in the throat chakra with human design, it can be physically in your physical body too. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, just to say that it, it sounds kind of woo that he just channeled this whole system, but really it was more like he channeled how all these things go together right. to create a new system. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. infused all these teachings into mm -hmm. one. Do you yeah. think that he called out of work those eight days? <laughs> I feel like he wasn't working if he was living on a visa for 30 years. <laughs> I'd be like, mm, yeah, I'm getting this download. <laughs> I'm really sorry I can't come in tonight. I can't come in. It's really going to affect my download for today. I want one of those to happen so I can call I it know, work. Right? Any excuse to call it work. It was like the first week of the pandemic. We're like, fuck it. Totally. And then the third week, we were like, what did we do? Did you say the third week? The third week. The third no. week, I was like, oh my God, how long is this going to last? Oh my God, not me. I was like, how long is it going to last? <laughs> <laughs> And one, I'm like, keep it going, keep it going. Yeah, one year later. One year later. Wow. Actually, I, I have to say, I didn't get stir crazy until the last two months. Uh -huh. And I'm like, okay, this needs to be done. I need, yeah. a, I need to get out. I was getting out, but I needed to get out further uh -huh. to uh, go back to some sort of energetic lifestyle. Yeah. Because I was like kind of bored of studying and doing my own thing. So, And then now yeah. I regret wanting to leave because now I want to go back. I know, right? <laughs> well, we'll talk about this, but you have a line two in your profile in human design, which is called the hermit. And so it's really good for you to have a lot of alone time. And so it makes sense that you were just like stockpiling the alone time for like all the years that you didn't get your adequate alone time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I didn't get my adequate alone time. <laughs> I got a whole year of it. There was like a few days in the middle of it where I'd be like, I'm going on a, I'm not speaking for three days. Nobody oh call me. God. 
I did. I didn't speak for to people. I really oh, took that time. That's a good opportunity. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, so before you dive into the reading, is there anything else you want to share with everyone about human design in general? Yeah, okay, so um, I would say something really important to notice is that when you have one of the gates defined in your chart, there's a whole spectrum of the frequency that you could experience. So there's a lot of um, potential, like there's the shadow, the kind of lower vibration. Like if you are living in a victim mindset and like a low frequency, then you experience the lower side of those energies. But if you're living in a, in a, you know, more enlightened state, it's called the gift frequency. And then at like the highest where you become like a sage guru kind of person, they call it a city, which is like essentially the, um, the essence of that archetype, like the highest expression. So you learning about all of these gates, you're going to see that there's a whole variety and it's not necessarily just like one aspect. It encompasses the entire human experience, you know? So, (laughs) so there's like a lot of subtleties and, um, yeah, it really goes super deep. So when you see your chart, just know that it's not just like, oh, you have this gate. That means you have this, like you have the gate of abundance and obviously you're not a billionaire, no offense, but you know what I mean? So like there's lots of subtleties. Oh, we know, we know, trust (laughs) me, we know I'm not a billionaire. We know that all too well, (laughs) but yeah, so you get the point. Um, yeah. So, um, also really quick, I wanted to drop in there for people. It's interesting because I was just going through the notes, uh, app on my phone last night and like clearing out some things that aren't no longer needed in there. And I came across, I wrote the gene keys down. I don't know who told me about it. I don't know why they told me about it. Um, and then I, decided to look on my Libby app to see if I could get it free from the library as an audio version or the regular version. And so I got the book version and I'm on hold for the audio version. And then I walk into Kimberly's apartment today and then that book is sitting like on the desk. And I had no idea, like I said, who told me about this. I had no idea why it was in my notes. I had no idea last night why I even looked it up. And I didn't even read what the book was about. I just downloaded it. And she actually told me this book is about human design. So if anyone wants to read further and start getting into this work, that is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Okay. So if you want to learn about human design, I wouldn't say start there because that, that shit gets really deep. But if you want like a really transformative read, that's where you go. So for me, when I was learning about human design, get the, um, it's called the science of differentiation. It's like a $50 book. It'll tell you everything you could possibly need to know about human design, about the basics. And then when you want to learn further about your gates, your specific gates, go to the gene keys, which is a separate thing that a guy named Richard Rudd basically, um, like spent a decade or two diving deeper into the I Ching. And so it's the same thing, but it's just like a much deeper version of the, the archetypes. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and Kimberly might be mad at me for saying this as well, but she's available for reading. <laughs> I am. <laughs> and how do they contact you if you just want to tell them now so we don't forget in the end? Oh, sure. My website's going to be up um, in a couple of weeks. It's KimberlyMcConnellHD.com, and we'll probably just leave that in the show notes. Yeah. And then my Instagram is called Genesis Quad. It's like a it's a play on Genesis Quad, but mm-hmm. um, it's I don't, should I spell it? No, but you'll just put it in the show notes. It'll be yeah, it'll be in the okay. notes. Everything yeah. will be in the notes. So just know if you do go to her website, it's not up yet. Just check back, but you can also reach out to her on the Insta in yeah. the meantime. Yeah. So. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm ready. I've been wanting to tell you about your chart for like months now. I know. (laughs) Okay. So I want to go over a little bit of the basics first with you, like about your chart. Mm -hmm. And then we'll get into the gene keys, which is my favorite. But so you're a generator. You're a pure generator. 
which means that your aura specifically pulls things into you. Mm. So you don't have to go out and make things happen. In fact, that's kind of pushing against the natural flow of your aura. So ideally what happens is you can have an idea of something that you want in your life or even not and just be surprised by what comes. But if you have an idea of what you want in your life, waiting for the world to be like, here's the who, what, when, where of what you want. Here's a situation that's ready for exactly what you have to give or what you want. Um, and then you sort of respond with, does this make me excited? Does this feel like something I want to do? Um, instead of thinking in your mind, I want to do this thing. So I'm going to go out and do X, Y, Z, because I think that'll get me there. So as a generator, you're really designed to just kind of relax into life Go ahead and think up all the shit you want and you think that you want. But if it doesn't come to you in the real world, the real world doesn't think it's right for you, mm. essentially. You know, like the universe is saying, I want to co-create with you. But if it's not right, like if it's not energetically aligned with you and you're just thinking it's what you want, it's just not going to happen. happen. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely shouldn't force anything to, no. to make happen. No, you shouldn't be forcing stuff. Which is interesting because it's always felt really inorganic to me yeah. to have to overly try to make things happen. Yeah. That is a, um, that's the manifestor type. Manifestors are designed to have an idea in their heads and go make it happen. And they have like a different strategy for getting rid of resistance. But for you, that's just straight up pushing up against the flow the whole time. So it, what's interesting about that is if we look at the masculine feminine way about going about things mm. is the, the masculines would be, tend to be more of a masculine type mm -hmm. energy would be more manifestors and a feminine energy then would be more of the generators. I can totally see that. Because yeah. masculine energy has never really aligned to me about, mm. I've tried to be that step into that masculine energy. And I feel like I've been doing that most of my adult life, trying to mm -hmm. make things happen and nothing really catches yeah. traction. So that would make sense. And that, yeah. and once I started really tuning into those energies that energy started to feel really more out of alignment mm, and yeah. it's kind of exhausting, yeah. but it does work for some people. Like well, I yeah. know, and this isn't just about being male or female. Remember like, you know, we have masculine and feminine in us both. We and all do, yeah. One might play out stronger in different areas. So I know women that do very well mm -hmm. in that, but then they're probably more of a manifester that they do really well in that, mm -hmm. that style. And also I, so I don't really think that like based on your type, it means that you can be like a business owner mm -hmm. versus not like, I think that we can all do anything, but at the same time, like you can spend your whole life pushing against the matrix, mm -hmm. you know, and you can still be successful, but at the same time you're pushing the whole time and right. it's maybe not going to be like as magic and as in flow as it could be. Mm -hmm. It's like putting square pegs into round holes. Yeah. It's like, you can beat the shit out of it and get yeah. in there eventually. Sure. But like, are you going to enjoy the process? You know? No. When no. you can find the process, like why don't we though? Like if a manifester if that works for them and they get off on that in a sense, mm -hmm. like that really lights them up yeah. to have that energy and to maybe have pushback and that's like works their thing to get where they're wanting to go and it doesn't exhaust them, it doesn't mm -hmm. deplete them, then by all means take it. Mm -hmm. But for someone like me, the energy actually really does deplete me very yeah. quickly. And mm -hmm. to be honest, I'm curious to see how this plays out as well in this reading because I, I have a feeling it's going to come up. I just get over things then. And yeah. I move on and mm -hmm. I switch things to them. Like it's not, I put this yeah. much energy, this much time into it. It's not working on right. the next. And then people have said to me before, like, Sarah, you don't like really fully commit to stuff and blah, blah. But like I I've taken it as far as 
I can go and it's, right. it's, not, okay. it's not going. So there's two things about that. The, the being, it's both regarding being a generator. So as a generator, things are pulled to you, right? But the other thing is once the thing is pulled to you, you're designed to use your sacral response because you have sacral definition, which is literally life force. It's what gives everything life. And you are supposed to use that by listening in and seeing if it's excited to do it or not. Mm. The sacral is looking for excitement, satisfaction, it can also come up as curiosity. It's sexual, um, passionate energy. When you come across something in your life and it makes you feel like a pushback, like you're like, Ugh. like you want less of it or you're like grossed out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or you're just disinterested, like it doesn't pique your interest in any way, don't do it. So that also means like when it comes to like how you go about getting something in your life, if the whole process getting you there is not making you feel satisfied and excited or even just curious and interested, don't do it Mm -hmm. because there's an easier way to get you there. Right. Yeah. That's, that's interesting because, um, like one of the network marketing companies that I've had, I still have it, but I don't really uh, promote it much anymore. I've, if I've actually, it's came up a lot in the past few weeks of like just observing that whole eight years of working with that company mm-hmm. and some from like, I had this instant yes to it and everything felt really beautiful. And then all of a sudden, once I kind of like said yes to the business and, and the energies, I'll just say the energies that surrounded me saying yes, all of a sudden I got so like mm. turned off and pushed back. And I felt like for how many years with mm. this particular business, like anger coming up and, and a resistance and not, mm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to the point where I have a bad taste in my mouth about it now. Okay. So I thought about that as a generator, we have a couple things going on. There's there's like the steady incline of working towards something that's consistently satisfying. And then there's a plateau mm-hmm. and, and it's like a stair, a stair step, you know? So it's going up and everything's good. And then there's a plateau where you're like, did I make the wrong choice? And then if you stick with it, it goes back to this. Mm-hmm. However, there's also inherent cycles in everything we decide to do. So when you said yes to that at the time and you had a, a sacral, like, yes, this is, I want to do this. I'm excited about this. It was the right choice for you at the time, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it was the right choice for you for 45 years. You know, like tw- eight years totally. is a great cycle. And then when you, if you're paying attention to your body and your body goes, we're done, then it's like the, the way to use that is be like, we're done. Like the mm-hmm. cycle is done. That's all. There's nothing wrong. I didn't make a the wrong choice, I can move on. It's a a problem when you ignore that. When you're like, my sacral fucking doesn't want to do this anymore, but I feel like I have to because I committed so much time and it's a sunk cost and blah, blah, blah. But no, you went there, you got what you came to get, you learned a lot and you're moving on. Mm -hmm. You know? I feel like that, I love this because I feel like that in general to a lot of people and, and definitely like the older generations, they did not work from that space. They stayed in jobs they had for 45 years, hating every day of their life, waiting for the retirement, making Mm -hmm. themselves sick, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I've gone through, you know, it's like one of those things. I wish I would have heard about this 20 years ago for myself because of like, you know, beating myself up over time and not just releasing myself from that thing. Like uh, over the pandemic, I really decided I no longer want to be in the entertainment industry. and. That was like such a, like, I don't have to keep push, like (laughs) even have this a thought in my head that it's a thing that I need to do. I just, just, like, it's not fulfilling me anymore. But we like, you know, when we're young, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I was going to come out to LA and I was going to be an actress and I'm going to do make movies and I'm going to be a director and I'm going to write film and and holding on to this Mm -hmm. ancient 
belief about myself and to keep doing it for the ego or that's because I said I was going to do and I'm not going to be that person that then gives up. Like, I think it's so deeply ingrained in our head that if you change gears or you go on a different path that you fucking failed. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. It's not true. If you're growing and changing as a human being, you are naturally going to start gravitating towards different Mm -hmm. things and it's okay to grow. Yeah. Instead, I mean, this goes into like every area of life, where you live, who you're with, what job you're working at, Mm -hmm. what are you working towards, what, you know, like every part, yeah. Giving yourself permission to that played its purpose for this far and I have permission and it is okay to change the course. It is, I'm meant to change the course. Right. So this is why it's so important, especially as generators to make sure that before we engage our energy in something that we're super clear that this is the thing that we want to be doing right now. Um, because if we, if we only, and this is really specific to your chart too. If you only are like half in and you're like, yeah, I want to do this, but I'm also kind of scared. and I'm also not really sure. And then you put like half your energy into it. You're doing everything a disservice. So that's where like the whole being super flaky thing might not be, um, the best way of using that energy, if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense, you know? So it's like, just make sure that you know what you're getting into. That way, when you get into it, you'll know just as clearly when the time is over. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being like, I don't know, like, did I jump in too soon? I don't know. It's like, you really have to take your time with this, especially you because you're an emotional generator, which means oh, I'll tell you more about that. But like, basically, you're not really designed to make spontaneous life decisions. You're really meant to sit with a choice before you actually do it because your, your reality, your perception of reality is constantly changing mm-hmm. and there is nothing you can do about it. It's hormonal. It's emotional. It's this, this thing in the background that is literally changing the way you see the world and you cannot do anything about it. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's the generator type part, which is, it sounds really inspiring and exciting. It takes some work to be honest. I'm not there yet either, but it's, it takes some work to like really value what your sacral says and not be like, I hear you, but I also just, I think that I know better. It takes a lot of work to trust that your body actually knows what's best for you instead mm-hmm. of what your mind that's been trained to think in this like very, like you said, masculine in some cases way where you just force things to happen. Um, anyway, so let's move on. Oh, I got next is up the emotional solar plexus. <laughs> so, um, the thing they say about the emotional solar plexus is there's no truth in the now. And the reason that is, like I said, there's, if you're, if you're considering doing something and you're feeling really excited and happy and high, you'll, you'll easily commit to it and be like, yeah, I totally have energy for that. That sounds great. Let's do it. But then you might go to bed and wake up the next morning and be in a low of your wave and be like, what the fuck did I do? And hate everything and hate everybody. And there's really no reason for it. Mm -hmm. The problem is that a lot of times, because this is how we've been trained, but a lot of times as emotional beings, we think that there's a reason for why we're feeling low. And so we start to pick out all the shit in our life that we think is like, oh, I'm depressed because of that. Mm -hmm. Or I'm, I'm low energy because of this. And like, yeah, maybe the giant meal you ate last night and the three glasses of wine probably didn't make you feel good today. But in reality, there is also this emotional wave going that there is no rhyme or reason. And so... Yeah, basically just that you, you have to be aware as an emotional being that that's going and there's, there's nothing to attach to. The moment you identify with like, this is a problem and it's my problem and there's something wrong with me and there's something wrong with what I'm feeling, what I'm doing, that's when it starts to like spiral into depression. Mm -hmm. But if you just let it be and understand I'm in my emotional low, no big deal. This is the creative void. This is where all life is born from. It's the winter before spring. You let it be, you find a healthy way to let it exist. Like Mm -hmm. 
don't be social, be at home, have a tea, have read a book, you know, like find a way to let that space be without having to force yourself to try to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Or or overly attached to something. That's the problem. And now we need to burn everything down. Exactly. Um, I just wanted to put this little note in there. Uh, a shamanic teacher, some of you might know who he is, Alberto Viotto. Um, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but whatever. He's wrote a lot of books. Um, he talks about that your emotions are actually false. Your re- emotions mm. like lie in the past mm. and that feelings are real. Emotions are not. Mm. So if you, something comes up and you're having a feeling mm. that is a true, that is a true thing. But if you're stuck in emotion, mm. that's actually false. Interesting. So that would go back to, yeah, you have highs and lows of emotion, but that would be even on a shamanic scale, you wouldn't attach to those mm-hmm. because it's just false. I love that. False oh, okay. So what I think, what I think you're saying is that like you have a feeling and that's real and it's in the moment and it's a reaction. But then when you turn that into a belief that creates like this consistent thing, this consistent exactly. emotion, right? So it's a story mm-hmm. that you create perpetuating. This, exactly. That you think of a week right. later or you stay in that feeling for days. Now you've created right. a a full emotion around it. You've imprinted it. Right. You've imprinted it into you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I know my brain will do this. It'll bring back things, like especially when I'm in that low PMSing, mm-hmm. bring back this moment, bring back that moment, bring back that, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. no, those are actually false things. We've moved yeah. on from that. Those are imprinted emotions that don't Totally. But if we're talking and something bubbles up and I start yeah. crying, that's a real feeling or I'm feeling love in this moment or I'm feeling love hurt in this moment. That is true. I love that. Holding on it longer than the emotion moment is false. But if we look at the spiritual teaching and all of that, mm-hmm. it's all just about really being in the now, mm-hmm. being in the now, being a meditator, be meditation teaches you to only observe and not attach. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So then therefore you wouldn't ever want to attach to the emotion of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And you can let the feeling come and go. Right. And, and don't have to identify with it. Like you're crying. Oh, I'm, I must be depressed. No, you had a feeling, right? (laughs) You had an emotion or yeah, you had, you had to move energy. Like that, that's sometimes emotion and emotion, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There you go. (laughs) Um, but that, this is really helpful to, to, to hear that, um, on this level to reflect back to me as something to put in the back of my head to mm-hmm. remember now yeah. moving forward yeah. to, for myself, observe, don't do anything and mm-hmm. allow it, allow yeah. it to flow. And honestly, like even knowing that it doesn't make the low any easier, No, you know, but mm-hmm. if you can like start to get in the practice of like, not forcing yourself, but like encouraging yourself to be like, I don't feel like staying home today. I feel like going out and numbing and being social, but I know that it's best for me to stay home and to read a book and to blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. like if you can encourage yourself to do the things that you know will soothe the feeling and not go deeper and not avoid it, just mm-hmm. let it be, you know, that's really helpful. And then the other thing for you is that, um, so when you have the emotional definition, there are different kinds of waves. So like the wave is like that thing in the background all the time, right? That doesn't have a reason, but we have different kinds of them. And so you have two, but the one that's like really noteworthy is it's a tribal wave and I have the exact same one, but basically it does this thing where like, this is you, cause you just said this, that your mind will like throw something back at you again and make you think of it again and again. So it's, it's called like a ratchet and snap kind of wave. What it does is it like, you'll have a reaction and you won't really realize how much it's offended you until later. 
that's so me. <laughs> and people don't get that. I'm so delayed in my reaction. Yeah. And then, and then I'll, I'll be so mad. And yeah. then like people get mad at me that right. I don't bring it up right away. Right. And then it's like four days later. I'm like, yes, you know, that hat thing that happened like four days ago. <laughs> like, like, what I'm are really you talking about? They're, yeah. yeah. They're like, are yeah. you serious right now? I'm like, I am. And I'm yeah. really, yeah, me too. I've had like, I'll go months sometimes and then I'll just hike up an outburst on a boyfriend or something. And I've had multiple boyfriends be like, you can't just keep this to yourself for months while you're brewing on it and then explode on me. And I'm like, but honestly, like I didn't know how I felt until now. And now I know. And now I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it really is delay. It's weird. Yeah. No, it's a That's real thing. we're the same person. I know. I know. But it's a, it's a real thing. So part of that is like having patience with yourself, knowing that you're not going to be clear right away and that that's part of the process. And the beautiful thing about the emotional way, there's two things. One, it, I think that it gives you proper timing. So if you don't force yourself to make quick decisions, it's almost like when your wave is ready, you're ready and the world is ready and everything is ready. It's like, it, it's like, okay, I know you want to, you want to take this step. Wait until you're feeling neutral when you're not feeling like crazy in your wave. Mm-hmm. And also, and then as soon as neutral comes, it's like, oh, everything's like, everything's aligned. I feel like it's the way that spirit mm. works with us to be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Now's the time. Right. Like don't jump into something when you're in the high or the low exactly. or the low yeah. or totally deny it. Wait till you're exactly. in. Exactly. But what if happens you, then you come in here at the neutral and then you go here and then you don't like it anymore. Exactly. Or you go here and you do That's like it. That's the hard it. part about being emotional. So the whole point is that when you're in the wave, you get to feel what it's like in the low, you get to feel what it's like in the high. And then you get like this much deeper perspective about things in your life that you otherwise wouldn't have had if you had just jumped. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to a place where you're neutral and honestly, it takes a lot of work to find what that actually looks like. And for me personally, when I'm in my neutral, I have like just less resistance to everything in my life. Mm -hmm. And like my interactions with people don't trigger me the same way. I just feel like calm, Mm -hmm. you know, when you can get into that place. And after you've been through the whole time, then some, sometimes it just kind of dawns on you like, Oh, that's how I actually feel about something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it requires you like sit down and think about it and like bring it back up again or like revisit it with your sacral. Does this thing still light me up? Mm -hmm. You know, or like having another person ask you about the thing and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in my neutral. So let's see if this is like still a thing. So anyway, it's like you, you kind of have to take an average and you kind of have to, you just have to wait. It's a lot of fucking waiting. Take an average and wait. Yeah. It's a pain. I'm just calculating my numbers right now. I'm just taking my average, (laughs) hook myself up to a thing. Like, okay, where's my average? Yeah. But really, and it takes a lot of fucking work, but I mean, this just feels like it's like show it like, I'm having like, this is your life before your eyes of all the, you know, yeah, all the real thing. Cause I jump a lot. I've always jumped. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if we talked about this recently, but like, I'm a yes person and whether Girl, it was a good, oh God, I have something whether if it's like a good idea or yeah. a bad idea, mm-hmm. majority of the time. And that's why I've had such a colorful life. Yeah. But I just say most of the time I just say yes. And like, right see what happens. And then I'm like, well, yeah. that was a really bad idea. And then I have to like clean up the mess that I made after. Mm-hmm. But the experience that I gained from it, you yeah. know, cause I, and maybe this will come out in there too. I don't know, but I do, I feel like it's, it's goes against like the nature of what my charts kind of say in general of like, let's say horoscope wise mm-hmm. or different things is like, you know, being a Capricorn, like very steady, very yeah. practical. And I'm not, yeah. And I, there is this little part of me when it comes to like finances, like I've always been very like, mm-hmm. I've been thinking up until recently, very like, is it frugal as you mm-hmm. hold on? So frugal with things, not spending money on stuff, like living very like, oh, gotta secure my money. And then lately I'm like, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, that would be the only thing I haven't, 
not very impulsive with, mm-hmm. but just doing things. I'm very fiery, very impulsive. Yeah. And I just jump. Well, and also your Capricorn is just your sun. So that's what I love about my human moon, design. My moon is Capricorn, Capricorn too. Yeah. Oh, damn. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so Capricorn, like if you just say the word Capricorn, like we can think of maybe a dozen characteristics of a Capricorn, right? But when you're looking at human design, it's like you have a shit ton more information. It gets way more specific, you know? And like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just deeper. Cool. Let's yeah. keep going. Okay. So, right. So your strategy here I wrote down is to respond, which basically means that you, you let your aura pull things in and then you wait for a response from your sacral, whether it feels like you want more of it or whether it feels like you are not interested or you don't want more of it. Um, and then over time, then you make your decision, right? So, but you're still following your sacral's guidance, but you also have to just wait out the wave, <laughs> the emotional wave. So I wrote that down for you to look back at, but we kind of talked about it. Okay. So another thing you have, um, environment called valleys, which isn't a literal valley, but what it means is as you, they say like when you pass your Saturn return, it's really important to spend as much time as possible in your environment because that's where you're designed to thrive. Your environment's called valleys, which is focused on finding your small community, your people, your like five top people and spending quality time with them, having intimate relationships with just a few people. It's not about being social, like on the large scale, but you also want to be in an environment where information is passed back and forth. So where you're talking about stuff with someone who has the same kind of interest, so like Ted talk kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. and you and I are really similar. I have valleys too, of course. (laughs) So you and I are really similar like that where it's like, we want to get deep into the conversation. We want to cuddle up on the couch and like have a really deep conversation. We don't want to just like be surface level. Mm -hmm. And that's really good for, um, environment valleys is to, to pay attention to like who you have around you and making sure that it's like a very intimate sort of situation. Your determination, which has to do with your, with how you eat food is called nervous, which means that your digestion kind of turns on when there's noise around you or like uh, activity around you. So if you're like really quiet and you're eating, your digestion doesn't like turn on as much mm. as opposed to like if you're in a restaurant or if you have music playing or if you have the TV on or if you're kind of walking around while you're eating, that like gets your fire going as far as digestion. Wow. Um, let me see here. Oh, you are a passive brain and passive mind. So you can be, so when you're looking at the chart, there's these arrows at the top and the top two refer to your mind and your brain. They either face right or they face left. Yours face right, which means that you're passive. So you take in like your surroundings in a very like peripheral, you're like soaking in all the information. You don't really do great with like standardized testing because (laughs) It's asking you to pull back very specific details in a very specific way, in a very structured way. That's what like that kind of testing does, but that's not how we have the same thing, of course. Mm -hmm. That's not how our minds work. Mm -hmm. Our minds pull in a shit ton of information. We're incredible resources because we're a well. And sometimes people will ask you something and pull out this random fucking thing in the attic that you were like, oh God, I didn't even know that was in there, but it's the one thing they needed. Mm -hmm. So that's how that information comes out of you is when other people pull it out of you, but you can't just access it just on at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. Um, they say that people like this are not really supposed to take notes that they're really just supposed to be present and absorb. Really? Ever take notes? Really? I'm not a note taker. I'm a compulsive note taker because Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that I'm going to forget something. No, I, I I really just like when they're like, why aren't you taking a no? 
The only thing I actually took notes and really my whole life that I actually took a um, full notebook full of notes was when I did the Tony Robbins business mastery course. Other than that, growing up, never took notes. Like I can go to any seminar and like they'll, they'll even give you like, here's your notebook. I don't take notes. I might write down like one sentence I liked or like a phrase or just like Mm -hmm. one word, but no, I've, I've never been a note taker. That's amazing. You've been following your your brain and mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And I was in special um, schooling in high school where we actually didn't take tests. Hmm. And like, I wasn't supposed to be in it, but my friends were in the special schooling. So I forced hmm. the counselors to put me in it. But it's just funny <laughs> that we didn't, we didn't take tests because even there was one time in my chemistry class, actually a few times he would give us a test and I would be like, I can't, I can't do this right now. Wow, Can I amazing. just come in later after school and do it? And he, he would tell me I could. Amazing. And I could do it on my own time. But even like at different restaurants I'd work at when they would like quiz you about yeah. what's on the menu. Mm-hmm. And like anytime someone quizzes me about something, I literally shut down. I'm like, I can't even like think of the word scallop or something. Well, you're right? not supposed to. Your brain literally doesn't work that way. It doesn't pull out specific things like that. They're like when people ask you in that format, they're asking you to get specific and to be strategic about what you're mm-hmm. what you're presenting. But your mind literally cannot do that. And it literally can't focus. Like the word no, focus yeah. they use over and over. You pay attention. Mm-hmm. They say you're constantly aware and you're present and you're oh, in the I'm moment. Hyper aware of my hyper aware, but you're not aware. actually focusing on one thing. Mm-hmm. You can pretend to, but really you're taking in all this other shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at this, though. Isn't this crazy? Like, with this human design of what we're learning right now together, um, when it comes to schooling, when it comes to learning, when it comes to people in general, these outworn structures that we have of these educational environments really don't, they are so back ass. Mm-hmm. And like, even like just that, like restaurants, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, if you don't get these notes right on this food, then yeah. you're, you don't get to have the good shifts as a, you know, even though <laughs> yeah. you might be great. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Or like in 100%. other areas of like how back ass this yep. whole society is. And it's only made up basically on the backs of like one type of person. Yep. If that person even fucking exists. Well, honestly, in human design, they say we're all moving towards the right. So the left mentality, that same like structure to how we think and how we take tests and stuff is completely being mutated out of mm-hmm. the human genome. So we're all going to be going more towards well, the Well, what's funny about that is I, when I studied like indigo children, crystal children, mm. and rainbow children a couple decades ago now, that was the big thing that stood out to me. And it's actually playing mm. out on course right now, even though as a society or a world, we might not see it that way is that indigo children. And that's my generation. It could dip into a little bit into your generation. It's a little bit above me as well. So the first people, the first wave of people that came in were the light workers and they were here to kind of just set up foundation, right. And start bringing mm. in certain, um, aspects into mm-hmm. earth and like, and starting to raise the vibration. Right. And then the indigo children, cause if you learn a lot of the characteristics of indigos, like they're like the warriors, they're like restructuring. They're supposed to mm. come in here and restructure and burn down the old and rebuild the new for the more elevated, um, spirits that will be coming in being the crystal and the rainbows, oh, interesting. um, that cannot thrive in this old structure environment. But my generation is the ones to come and bring that structure down wow. in order to rebuild and pave the way f- 
And so like all of this is really so interesting because cool. it's all actually goes together. Yeah. Um, in our ascension process, in our enlightenment process, totally. in our evolution process, right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that it plays out in human design. Mm-hmm. It plays out in other spiritual teachers' yeah. teachings. Dolores Cannon calls it the vo- the the waivers, the volunteers. Wait, what? Oh, the waivers? Mm-hmm. In human design it's called the raves. There's a whole, like in 2027, it says in human design, a bunch of people are going to start being born Mm -hmm. that are called raves. They have a mutated solar plexus emotional system. So they're like the emotional solar plexus is where our main awareness center and intelligence is moving to. So we're not going to be thinking out of our intellectual brains and like like strategic, logical thinking. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be present. It's going to be more of that right accepting of everything. But that's why these old structures don't work for these new generations and why this generation is meant to go. So if we look at everything, what's happening on the planet right now as well, like it looks so discombobulated, right? Mm -hmm. It looks as if we are going into more and more and more control and more Mm -hmm. and more lockdown, 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 like, you know, cutting us off. But we could also flip the perspective and look at it as what's happening in the same process. More Mm -hmm. and more people are waking up. More (laughs) and more people are saying, wait, this doesn't make sense. Wait, why have we been doing this like this? So it is like on course, Mm -hmm. right? But nothing in real change, if it's, you know, we've talked about this before on the show and we've talked about this, is like, it is like Dark Knight of the Soul work where you have to break it all down. Of course. And and the way through that is so icky and sticky and gross. You have to. But we have to. We have to go through this because otherwise this world, like it kind of actually, I will have to say this. I'm starting to get really annoyed with the talk down to millennials and that, mm. oh, millennials, they're just X, Y, Z. Oh, they did da 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 Okay. First of all, motherfuckers, like you're not helping properly set up a world <laughs> for these children yeah. and now you're just bashing them. Yeah. Like you're fucking assholes. It's true. You're fucking assholes. This is the world <laughs> that you set up and now you're saying they're not thriving, right? Well, what the fuck? Another thing is millennials aren't supposed to thrive in this environment right? either. But like you have like older people and it's not to be mean to older people, but so many older people get so fixated in their ways in this life. Mm -hmm. It's like teaching an old dog new tricks, which you can do with the proper training. But they get so tunneled visioned and they don't because like, you know, people get older and they get tired. They don't want to have to learn new things. They don't necessarily want yeah. to change. They and don't. That's just like human nature. I mean, that, that saying exists for a reason. You can't teach an old dog right. tricks. You know, like it's just a common People stereotype. People want to stay true. comfortable yeah. in there. And it's hard for me because I have my areas where I know I want to stay comfortable, but I've always like pushed myself to put myself in uncomfortable situations, yeah. even if it sucks or I get PTSD from it later. <laughs> we just work that out later. A lot of therapy. No, just kidding. I'll go to therapy. Um, <laughs> I actually start telling the therapist what's wrong with me and I start doing their job for them. And they're like, wow, like you really am. I have so much to say about that. Okay, cool. Let's keep going on. (laughs) I have so much to say. That's my little rant about millennials. I actually stopped looking, stopped feeding that narrative of looking down at them and started really looking at this bigger picture of where we're going and understanding that these souls that are born are, are advanced in their own way. And they're not meant to be put in these old structure boxes. Yeah. So love that. Yeah. I love that. And it's like, I feel like that generation, and it's not necessarily their fault, like that's what evolved from them, but that generation was so like, push, fight, fight, fight. If it's not working, you got to push and fight harder. 
you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, so are we just supposed to continue that and like take off where you left and push <laughs> even harder yeah. and even like, you're already sick and dying. Like, yeah. what do you, you think that we just need to keep doing what we've been doing even right. more and that'll fix the problem? And that like, we can't no. find an easier way, you know, right. that we, we can't do it from like, if you think from a more feminine aspect in the mm-hmm. sense of that we can let, allow things to yeah. flow, allow flow, allow things to move that we can just yeah. create. Well, and I think that that comes from this idea, this like, this like, um, not to like bash religion, but this very religious idea that our innate nature is somehow wrong. Like we were born sinful, you know, and we have to control all the stuff. We can't lean into what's natural for us. We're we're telling ourselves we're separate from nature Mm -hmm. and from all the things that are just inherently life. Yeah. You know, that it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's where it stems from, in my opinion. Right. And we like once... Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other topic for another day of how <laughs> yeah. religion has been hijacked or even put in place to to yeah. cut us off from our own innate godliness and knowingness yeah. and trust and commune with the mm-hmm. elements. Um, I also think that it's human nature to latch onto something, you know? So, I mean, it, it could very well be like an over an overhead source trying to control us, but also I think we naturally gravitate towards the thing that can give us some security and some like sense of, I know what's going on. Right. But is that a program? I mean, is that maybe. a program that we're you program? It's either a program or, or it's is just it just where we are in our a human being? Yeah, or just where we are in our evolution. Yeah, you know, like we're still scared, we're still stuck in like mm-hmm. that that frequency of victimhood. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Let's okay. Continue. Moving on. <laughs> okay. So um, next on the list is your profile. You're a six two. The actually, I'm five six. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to be sexy though? Not Sometimes really. I want to be really tall. Really? If I can have a really tall boyfriend, I would be love to be really tall. Okay. The new- really tall girls are so lanky and gorgeous and just like they have so much stature and yeah, I love them. Anyway, um, so you're six two. The six aspect. So basically, um, no, I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to tell them like why this comes, like how this comes in your chart. I don't care. I'm just going to tell you what it means for you. So the six part is it spends the first 30 years of its life. We've talked about this a little bit. Spends the first 30 years of its life in the trial and error phase where you just throw shit at the wall. So it's kind of like you were saying, you're just a yes person. You'll be like, I'll just try it. Why not? It's a very like, I'm going to go and see. I'm going to get my hands dirty. I'm going to just give it a whirl. And anybody can tell you, Sarah, that's not a good idea. And you're going to be like, I have to find out for myself. Mm-hmm. And you might have to find out for yourself multiple times for the mm-hmm. same thing. Like you just have to do it. That's that's what that energy does. But what it's doing is cultivating this wisdom within itself where it has all these crazy experiences and the wisdom that comes from that, that you otherwise wouldn't necessarily, you know, have you didn't mm-hmm. have the experiences. So the first 30 years are kind of dirty and rough. And then tell me about it. And then they say that the second 30 years until you're like, like, I think like 50 to 60 ish is the range is when you sort of pull back from all that. And you kind of, they call it go on the roof where you just aren't necessarily invested in getting fucked up anymore. You're not invested in like just throwing yourself against the ground and you're sort of like reevaluating and you're pulling in all the things that you learned and you're establishing this role model that Mm -hmm. comes out afterwards. So ultimately what the six does is it has this innate wisdom in it and it really wants to share and be a role model, but it sort of has to go through its process to teach itself that it does actually know what it's saying. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually a hundred percent untrue. And I feel like I've already been stepping into that role model stage, but I, I think it's like this, and I go back to old writings that I have when I was really young, like 16 and stuff, and I read them, and I'm like, oh my God, I knew everything then, <laughs> in, in a certain aspect, yeah. right? No, you did that. But I didn't trust myself. Yes, so exactly. I even respect teachers on my path that have a dirty past, 
Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, you really get it. I yeah. think there's something about the innately knowing and then there's something about, yes, actually like living the, because I feel like I've, I've being like more of an older soul and just mm-hmm. innately knowing things yeah. like since very young understanding, oh, things aren't always what they seem on this earth. Right. Yeah. Um, but going through all the things, then it's like, there's a different click that happens. And one mm-hmm. day you wake up and you're like, I knew, but now I know. Exactly. And then there's conviction exactly. in that. And when you speak, people really listen because exactly. you can back it up. It's right? almost like you'd go through the crazy shit so that you can tell people, I know what I'm talking about, even though in the beginning mm-hmm. you already knew. And I feel like there's an, a, a relation. You, to really help other people, they want to feel that you, you've you been where they've yeah. been. Yeah. And they're in that relation. You're being, relatable. Have, being, stepping more into, which I've been more actively doing into a healer role. You are more, so like there's a deeper trust. There's a deeper bond. Mm-hmm. There's a deeper walk that happens. Yeah. Because you're not just like, oh, I can cognitively understand that. Yeah. To, okay, I really know that. Totally. Totally. And there's things I'm never going to know because that wasn't my life path, but like for the things that I do thus far, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first half of your profile. That's the part that's the conscious part. So you're obviously aware of that, but that's in general, the one that you're more aware of in your life. And then the second one, the two is the one that you're less aware of. And then you become more aware of like, as you get older, the two is the hermit. That's the Mm -hmm. one that like needs the alone time, you Mm -hmm. know? And I have a two in my unconscious as well, of course. And so I remember like being super social as a kid and like always wanting to be with people. And then it wasn't until I got a little bit bit older that I realized I actually really crave like a significant amount of alone time. And I have Mm -hmm. a shit ton of line twos in my profile. I have like eight of them or nine of them, which is a lot. (laughs) It's a vast majority. So it's it's important that you give yourself that alone time and really honor it and value it because that's when your genius comes out. If you're keeping yourself busy, all the time, it simply can't come into your reality. Mm-hmm. So you have to like really honor the, the hermit time. Um, I think that's been my like kind of fear of like going back to work and getting mm. sucked back into that lifestyle of the go, go, go. And that there isn't like, there isn't room or mm-hmm. um, energetic space or sound to, to give that time for yeah. a new idea or a new thing to come in. And I think that actually I'm really realizing is been kind of what's bringing up a depression in me mm-hmm. the last month. Um, is that I, it's like a deep down, like I'm scared I'm going to miss the idea and then I'm just going to get stuck in mm. this rabbit hole again. Right. You know, I mean, you, and be, and be disconnected from, yeah. from the source for me to do the real creation. Yeah. You can always come back to it. You're never going to lose it. That's the good thing, but right. you also don't want to just be wasting time doing something that's not for you. Exactly. And years go by again, of course, and then yeah. you're just stuck in this thing, right? You know what I mean? Totally. I think it's like the fear of it, uh, right? Totally, yeah, I do know. And because that it's, I'm already seeing it happening. Because yeah. when I'm not there, then I'm so exhausted, yeah, that I don't have the bandwidth for much else. Yeah. You know, right there with you, mama. Yeah. Um, okay. So another thing, there's a thing called motivation. Yours is desire, which basically means that you are meant to be a leader. You're meant to be a thought leader. You are meant to make an impact on other people and to be invested in that instead of, um, there's a, there's what's called a transverse motivation or transference motivation. So when you're kind of exhausted by that and you think it's not working, you, you slide down into innocence motivation, which is my motivation. 
So ours are flipped. Innocence motivation doesn't want to get involved. It doesn't want to invest in other people. It wants to just let other people take care of themselves. Like just you do you, like I don't need to get involved. And it sort of like lets things come to it and, and it works out that way for it. But for you, your desire. And so yours, you're, you're designed to follow your desires, to trust your desires and to, to, you know, be, be a leader, to step into the light Mm -hmm. and to, yeah. So that, that's, there's a balance to be had being a generator and letting things come to you. But at the same time, you are, you're going into it. You're making it happen. You're taking the right steps instead of being like, everybody else can just do their thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is mine and makes a lot of sense. I, I, yeah, that leader things really come up for me a lot lately that I need to step out. Even with everything that's going on in the planet right now, Mm -hmm. I've really felt this need to lead through Mm -hmm. it, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of just passively watching shit happen that's yeah. like heartbreaking like yeah. no i need to like that's why i started my telegram channel that's why even why i started this podcast like mm-hmm. different things and very active in doing especially my telegram channel of like truth stuff to that's perfect that's exactly right for you because i can't sit passively by right. and watch all of this if it doesn't go in the right direction at least deep down i know i tried to play a part right in the process of getting humans yeah. woken totally. up and <laughs> on the right path, you know? Yep. And you know me, I think that, I think you might be able to see this in me. I see this in myself, but you might be able to see the innocence in me, mm-hmm. right? Oh, where it's 100%. the opposite where yeah. I'm like, I don't want to get invested. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just here to take care of myself. You guys take yeah. care of yourself. Like let's all just get our shit together. You right? know? Like, <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Right. Isn't that yeah. funny? But like, so we're the opposite. Like if I slip into yours, that's not really how I'm supposed to be working. Mm-hmm. And then if you mm-hmm. slip into mine, that's not that, really ideal. Right. For you either. Yeah. So I want to look at your chart here and just show you because, um, you have two separate energetic bodies happening in your in your design. So you have these two separate energetic bodies. You see all the colored one ins and then the white ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the colored one ins are called defined. Those are the ones that you have consistent energy coming out. The ones that are white mean that you are pulling in energy from the outside. Oh yeah. So there's a pretty large gap mm-hmm. between the two, right? They call that a large split or a wide split. So when you have a split in your energy, Obviously, you were made the way that you were meant to be made, right? Um, let's just describe this picture sure. in really short for people listening. Yeah, yeah. So basically, when you look at the human design chart, there's an outline of a, bo- of a human body, and then there's all these shapes in the middle, and they are either colored in or they're white. When they're colored in, they will always only be one color. So mostly these shapes go from the crown to the third eye to the throat to the heart to which looks like the solar plexus to the sacral. And then there's like some arrows on the side. Yeah. But mine are all colored in except for the heart and the throat, basically. The throat and the solar plexus, they're called. Oh, that solar yeah. plexus? Yeah. In human design, that's what that one's called. Oh, okay. It's not heart. This one's the heart here, the red one. But so yeah, basically the two in the middle are separating um, very defined energies on the mm-hmm. bottom and the top. So you have this like mental energy that's consistent in you. And that's very, very powerful. And then you have this other energy at the very bottom that's completely connected. And it's another like, like energetic power and they don't really talk to each other. So here's the thing. I mean, I have four separate splits in my design, so I know what it means when it's like you have, you have one thing in you that has a motivation and then you have a completely separate thing in you that has a different motivation. So, um, yeah, when you have a split in your energy, you're, you're made that way. That's all good, but you can be conditioned to think that you need to bridge it in order to feel whole within your own energetic system. Mm-hmm. So you will innately look for people like subconsciously you'll pull people in who bridge that split. However, this is kind of not an easy split to bridge. So there's only like a very select few people who will do this for you. Mm. 
ironically, the man that you are kind of seeing bridges this whole fucking split for you. Wow. And perfectly. What that requires is two very specific gates and then another complete channel. There are 36 channels. It needs to be one of three. He has one of those. And then there are 64 gates. It needs to be one of two and he has both of them. Okay. So there's an incredibly powerful electromagnetic charge between the two of you. When you're in his presence, you have throat activation, which is how we manifest things. You have um, G identity center definition, which means you have a sense of grounding in your own identity and what means what love means to you and where you're going in life. It gives you like a sense of comfort. Mm-hmm. It's it's energetically going to feel like home. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So if we're t- if we're talking about the very top energy. There's, uh, there's channels that go between them and they mean different things, but they also have like a, they're in a different stream of energy that flows through multiple channels. So the one that you have is called the channel of abstraction, I believe. And it is a abstract thinking. Mm -hmm. So it's looking to the past rather than the future. It's pulling information from the past to understand the present better. Um, and it's more like right brain thinking rather than like strategic, logical thinking and thinking about the future. You also have gate 61, which is called inner truth. It's in the middle, which is an individual circuitry. Individual circuitry is here to mutate the collective. It's here to mutate the world, to change things, to evolve things. And in order to do that, it has to see what doesn't exist yet. Mm. So when I think about that gate specifically, that gate like is interested in the things that are unknowable, the things that the whole world doesn't yet know, things that aren't common knowledge. A lot of times that's occult knowledge. It wants to know those things and it wants to transmute it so that the whole world is on the same page with it. I mean, that's very much my whole life. I know, right? (laughs) I've always been interested in the things that people find the most far out or can't Mm -hmm. even comprehend. Exactly. And I'm like, no, this, there's something, you know, there's something here and then I want to translate it. I mean, hence even this podcast Right. Of just wanting to translate in the in these beginning stages now of it of the basics of spirituality to yeah. the people that don't understand it yet. Right. Right. And I know as this keeps going and as we keep going, it's gonna get more and more evolved in in what this show offers or starts translating or bringing mm-hmm. into place. But I had to start somewhere in kind of like a building block. Yeah. You know. Yeah. As we go on. But I'm always like scouring the earth for that's why I think it's interesting that I haven't had a calling to learn this because I think, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's like I said, it's like really refreshing to like see my friend mm-hmm. do it. Like, like yeah. I don't need to join you in this. Totally. Like I, I, I want to just support you on the journey. Yeah. And then just like, I tell her like, let me know what I need to know. And then yeah. like bef- way before this, she just said like, take pictures of like <laughs> note cards and like text yeah. them to me late at night. And I'm like reading them. I'm like, I have no idea what right. she's talking I mean, about, but that's so cool. ridiculous. How I mean, far but I've come, it's though. so beautiful though, to, to see it all kind of mm-hmm. like really be put together like yeah. this, because even I think it's all in time though of like, uh, over this past year, my self-awareness has deepened so much, yeah. you know, I, there's some meme. I don't think I'll be able to think of it off the top of my head. I know I've posted it, but it's just like, about like, you can't tell me, I know I already know me, like, you know, something like you can't tell me about me because I know me so well now. Like there, don't even that. tell me how, don't even try and project on like, me. You can tell me with this because yeah. I love this, but it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, but no, for someone to bring an opinion about yeah. me, about me, like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Exactly. I love that word. Don't project your shit onto me because yeah. you, I know me. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, well, yeah, yeah, that's all. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so the thing about that gate, that inner truth gate is it's also in your conscious sun, which is the most important gate in your chart. It's the most influential. So it's the biggest part of your human design is Mm. this, this want to know what is unknowable and to give it to the, to the collective in a way that will elevate them. And if you don't feel like what you're going to that give That just like lit next, me up. My little, my, oh, my little that. heart. My little heart I just beat it. A little skip well, to beat. Because it, it resonates, right? Yeah. Because it's real. I mean, this mm-hmm. shit is fucking real, but like it resonates and it gives you this sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you feel like when you're interacting with somebody and you're like, they're not going to get this or there's no, there's no purpose for me to like, this is like, you just, if you don't feel like you're going to actually get your message through, it can become very fatalistic mm-hmm. because you're just like, what's the fucking point? Oh, that's been me lately. Well, yeah. Watching humans continue to deeply sleep. I know. You're like, I can't. Oh my God. Seriously. Like I just, I literally, I can't. You guys, you need to see this. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm like, why am I here? Why did I choose to incarnate at this time? They're not getting it. They're not getting it. Right. There's no point. (laughs) Right. This is pointless. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. And I'll get really depressed over it. Yeah. Because I'm I, I, like, I want people to mm-hmm. see this stuff. And then it's like, no, you can't awaken people until it's their own time. And if they choose to not awaken in this lifetime, then that that's was their choice. And I'm like, yeah. no. But even like, I, I know you were just telling me the other night that you had this friend and you were telling him all this stuff about the vaccines and everything. And then it wasn't until like a couple of days later after, or however long after that he had gotten the shot. And all of a sudden he was on the same fucking page. So you never know you when never you're know planting when it's the gonna, seed. Exactly. You truly never know. Um, but it can be really stressful, especially because it's an in individual circuitry, which is like kind of melancholic in general. Mm-hmm. So it's a really, like, it can be really stressful if you feel like you're not communicating in the way that you would like to be, or people aren't receiving it in the way that you want them to. Mm-hmm. So that's a really cool energy to be aware of. I mean, that's, you know, that's a frustrating thing your whole life yeah. too. When you see life differently, everyone just calls you crazy or oh weird Sarah. Oh, and then years yeah. later they're like, you know, like I, I would say, um, you know, in my early twenties and I like got introduced to yoga out here and I, you know, raw foods and this and that and eating organic and all this stuff and like all the things that I've been into, right? Mm-hmm. My crystals and everything. And back in the day, people were like, oh, crazy Sarah and yeah. her crazy ideas. And yeah. then like now everyone's on the same page. On the same page. Yeah. And now I'm having crazier ideas and, you know, yeah. I'm still... You know, but I know everyone, like, there'll be a catch up to that. Yeah. And I'm not saying this because I think I'm better. I know all these things, but it's just showing this is actually my path is to yeah. find the most far yep. out thing. Yep. You're pulling people in that direction. Right. Yeah. So you're always going to be a little outlandish. No one's right. always going to get you. But you I'm know, always going to, did you hear that? I'm always going to be a little outlandish. So if you thought I wasn't going to be. embrace that. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like people are not going to be on the same page with, um, the same page with you. It's just not going to happen and that's okay. That's I what mean, you're that, meant I to do. I think like sometimes though there's a loneliness in that. Absolutely. You know? And Absolutely. like a lot of times I think I've held myself back from my own spirituality and Absolutely. my own ascension. Because then I have no one to relate to. 100%. I really think like a lot of my years of drinking and like Mm -hmm. getting fucked up was literally to just pull me down to normalize me Mm -hmm. so that I can actually relate to humans because I do get really fucking lonely. Yeah. I actually wrote that in here. I I read it somewhere. The part about how you will sometimes avoid going down that true path because it means you're going to be alone Mm -hmm. and it means you're going to be further away from the status quo and from the normalcy of society. And it's just, it's, it's lonely. Yeah. It's just lonely. But you know, like now, like I've found my tribe, which is beautiful as well. So it's, I'm in this really cool space is that like I was gifted through a funny enough through a time when we're all pulled away from each other. I've friendships like with you have strengthened Mm -hmm. and 
you know, we're both growing together and then new people have literally been planted in my life that are like my people. So I really, this is probably the first time in my life I actually feel the least amount of alone. Mm. And I feel like that's why I've accelerated even more Mm, I like that because I actually have, I know that my people are out there yeah. and, and I'm not being... just going to be on this lonely island yeah, by yeah. myself thinking all these crazy thoughts or having, <laughs> you know, ideas yeah. or downloads or visions or seeing something in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Oh, now they get it. They, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So like people I didn't have access to before because they were always there. Uh, you know, well, and also it goes back to your environment, the valleys thing. Like you're not really supposed to have a billion friends all on your same page. You're supposed to have your tribe. You're supposed to have your group of people mm-hmm. who are, who are intimate and close with you. And that's, that's like what makes you thrive anyway. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh, oh, I wanted to also say in your mind, another gate that's coming in your mind is like, it's the apex gate. Like if you're looking at the chart, there's a triangle that's facing down towards the throat and the very gate on the end there is like the culmination of the individual circuitry. And basically it's called the freak to genius channel, oh. the, the whole channel. So that gate wants to express these ideas. And when you don't wait for people to be interested in what you're saying, you come across as a freak. But when you wait for the time when people are ready to hear it and they are maybe asking you for your opinion about this thing and you say something, you're going to fucking blow their world and be a genius in their eyes. Mm-hmm. So there's a timing thing that happens with that gate. It's like, I mean, whatever, if you want to, if you're okay with looking like a freak, that's fine. But I'm just saying like this energy will do that. It will be, it'll make you look like a freak or a genius. And so mm-hmm. it's really important to wait and make sure that you're measuring the environment you're measuring the people and like, is now the right time? Is this the right audience? If not, I'll just hold on to this till the next time because it's Mm -hmm. not going to land anyway and you're going to look like a crazy person. (laughs) I mean, I think that's why I, with my spiritual path is even though I've been on it like since birth, you know, it's just kind of doing this podcast now. I've started talking about it. People, if you didn't know me deeply, you wouldn't know, even if you, if you'd never been in my house, you wouldn't even know I was into crystals half the time. You know, like I think I have really, I've held a lot of back in me of what I truly think, feel, mm. see, know, innately know, birthed knowing. Mm. Um, like even I've talked about it on the show before, but like even how I've, I just started openly talking about the vision that I had when I was five years old of this gap in humanity and hmm. like this, there'd be one strong, one side, there'd be a split down the middle. And hmm. I was meant to fight for spirituality in the light and that hmm. there'd be this whole other people being my family and like friends and people that are going to be completely on the opposite side. And wow. no matter what, I was supposed to stay on this side. And it was always, always like a really painful vision. Wow. And then like knowing that this would happen someday hmm. And then I forgot about it. And then life is going on and on. I was like, oh, that was a weird vision that never manifested, Mm. right? And then all of a sudden, and it kind of wasn't until even at the beginning of this whole situation, um, there, I could see the gap forming and, but my family wasn't on the other side of the gap. And then it wasn't until this little jabby doodah mm-hmm. that actually one by one was putting mm-hmm. certain people and my family, just like my vision when I was five, on the other side. Interesting. Interesting. But I couldn't talk about that with anyone when I was five. Yeah. Like, I see this vision. You know what I mean? Like it was And even, also, even if you did, like, they would have considered you to be crazy. Crazy. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, I thought I was crazy growing up. Oh. I did. I, I like, because I knew I saw things people didn't see. Mm. I knew I knew things people didn't know. Yeah. And so then I, I, I felt like I've always been hiding and now I finally like with, 
these new friends and the way humans are going and the more awake people are being um, and that there's more of a population of us, I can finally start being Mm. me. Yeah. You know, but I innately knew that I couldn't fully disclose. So I would like lightly disclose. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Things. But then that also, Mm -hmm. I have to say in the spiritual community, that's held me back with those people that I look at as being really advanced is kind of putting myself down that I don't know as much as them Mm. because I held myself while they just came out of the gates and they didn't care how they were received, Mm -hmm. you know, and just went to all the teachings and all the things. And I'm trying to normalize myself. I guess I I think I know what you're, what you're saying and I'm, I'm not entirely sure how to say this, but I think like, um, there's one way where you can dull yourself or hide yourself. And then there's another thing that I think I was kind of trying to say is it's like, waiting for the right time to give your true self. Mm-hmm. So instead of giving a fake version, giving no version until it's ready. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what that gate is saying is it's like, you can, you don't have to give a half self. You can just not give. Right. You can just keep it until to yourself the right until they're ready until the right yeah. time. And then it's like nothing changed. Like you just waited for the right time. Mm-hmm. You weren't pretending you weren't like holding yourself down. You just realized that they weren't ready to hear it. And so you didn't bat them over the head with it. Right. You know, because that's yeah. what they're going to see is that like you're being really, you know, yeah. And you're like, I'm telling you truth, but you're just not ready. Yeah. I okay. Mean. Anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. So real quick, I want to talk about your two undefined centers. We've talked about this a little bit, but I think this is really important. People focus a lot on undefined centers and I mean, I don't know. I'll tell you yours. So you have um, an undefined G, which we, we talked about your G centers. Undefined. Yeah. Undefined. <laughs> um, but the G center is where all of your identity and your self-love and your ideas about love in general, um, all those things live there, who you think you are, where you think you're going. And when it's undefined, it means that you don't have a consistent thing that you're putting out into the world. And so you're pulling in other people's ideas about love and other people's ideas about direction, where they're going and who they are. Um, and so that's obviously fine. That's how you're designed to be. But what that means is that you're designed to become wise about all the stuff you're pulling in and picking the parts that are aligned with you. When you have an undefined G, it's really important to be aware of who you spend a lot of time with because, you know, that saying like, you are the summation of your five closest yeah. friends. This is like yeah. especially true for you. For someone with an undefined G, you really pick up on all that important stuff from your closest people. So it, you just like take a reflection about those people in your life and be like, how do they feel about love? How do they feel about their, like who they are and where they're going in this life? And if it's totally not aligned with what you want, it's going to rub off on you or there's a potential yeah. for it to rub off on yeah. you. So that's important. And then the other thing is also what's really fascinating to me is looking back at like the charts of your parents or your siblings, the people you spent a lot of time with when you were younger and seeing what kind of gates they have and like how oh. they might've impacted you subconsciously and like trained you to think that like, this is what love means or this is who I have to be, you know, there's a oh, lot of I'd shit. Love to dig right? into that. I know. I a lot see of why shit. a lot of people spend, would spend a lot of time. Oh in yeah. That you can go down a freaking rabbit hole with this. Yeah. It's I mean, endless. I'm pretty, I feel like I'm pretty clear in that area. Um, but you know, it'd be, it'd be, I'd be curious to see what yeah. the structure has to say about yeah, it. Totally. I do have to say like what popped into my head when you oh, were talking about that initially was about the people surrounding you is I got flashback to my early days um, when I came to LA and I was like in the inner mix of Hollywood in like the really Mm -hmm. like I was in the in crowd of the in crowd and how why I left that was because I did start seeing how these fucked up values Mm. I lost my values Mm. and I adopted some really ugly values 
fascinating. And that was from the types of people that I was hanging around. Yeah. And I woke up one day and I was not happy. And I'm like, well, I don't care about Jimmy Choo shoes, right? And I always say that. Like, yeah. I, I, I use that because that's back then. I don't even know if Jimmy Choo anyone cares anymore. But back then it was like, you know, they're sitting around talking yeah. about their Jimmy Choo's and like what star they're trying to fuck. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like just the whole thing was like really gross. Yeah. And I did lose my inner values. And like, oh, I need to like valet my car and like, yeah. you know, wear these type of outfits and identity. Way. Right. right. And I'm like, but this isn't me. Like this right. doesn't even feel good. Right. And then I, I, I pulled out and I, I kind of just like set it all on fire and yeah. left. Um, so I couldn't really go back, but that is beautiful. true. It's beautiful. But I, I, I could see probably now, you know, if I really sat, I'm not going to in this moment of different areas where other people's values and influences would rub off mm-hmm. on me. And, um, yeah, the cool thing about having an open G is that you, you're like naturally inclined to see other people's perspectives really well and like really resonate with a wide variety of people. And Mm -hmm. so you can be friends with like anybody and you understand other people really well, which is amazing. And you also have the ability to try stuff and be like, nope, that doesn't work. Nope, that doesn't work. Or, oh, that does work, you know? And you get more clarity on who you really are. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, like, I remember you told me that you moved to Hawaii just, like, at the drop of a hat. And then when you got there, you were like, nope. <laughs> That's a total open G thing where you're, you think that it's going to work. Or maybe you were around somebody who, like, or some subconscious thing was like, go to Hawaii. And you go. And then you're like, this is so wrong. So wrong. The G center has to be in a place, like, direction, right? That's part of the G. So it has to be in a place to know whether or not it's right for it. It can't really surmise whether or not it's going to work out without physically being there. Mm. So yeah, that's an interesting one too. Interesting. Right? Yeah. I love the G center. I'm obsessed with it. I love the G center too. (laughs) Um, your other undefined center is the throat, which is a really big one. This is a big one. The throat is where all the energy in the human design body graph is aiming to escape the body. Okay. When it's undefined, It means that you're pulling in energy and you're not putting out energy the same way. You also do not have the easy access of manifesting the stuff coming out of you as you would like to. And so a lot of times when undefined throats, a lot of times undefined throats will think that they are um, being undernoticed or like they have to really make their presence known. Otherwise they're not going to be seen. And so they'll talk a lot or they'll like, um, you know, or they will... um, I mean, they can, they can exhaust their throat because mm-hmm. they're kind of like overdoing it because they just don't feel like it's going to happen if they don't really push it out there. But the throat, your throat specifically, like when it's undefined, you need other people to pull that energy out of you. You need other people to ask you or to invite you or to bring you or whatever to talk. Just something to think about. Interesting. The other thing about an open throat is that you have the potential to be like a great orator like a great speaker mm-hmm. because, um, or have an amazing ability for accents or languages. You can pick up on the tone of the environment around you and then emanate that. So mm-hmm. then people can find your tone more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of really cool gifts with having an undefined throat, but, um, like as an example, Lady Gaga has an undefined throat. And so like, look at these amazing costumes and this thing, like she's creating this, this show mm-hmm. to get attention, mm-hmm. you know? So anyway, right. the, the open, the open throat can be really interesting because there's so much that wants to come out there, but the, the like real game is finding discretion about if you're just oversharing or if you're just expending this throat energy in a way that it's not necessarily designed to. Right. Does that make sense? That's interesting. Just even, I, I, I think I think about that sometimes where I might overly talk and then I'm like, you just overly talked. <laughs> like you tell, like if like it is that, like, like let's say like someone asks a question and then I'll just be like, 
you know, like, and this need to entertain yeah. through stories or through, totally. you know what I mean? Like totally. if they, if they flip the switch on, then I yeah. just like light up and yeah. I'm like, it's showtime kids. Exactly. But if they don't ask or invite me in, <laughs> then I literally just move on. Right. Yeah. You oh, know? and that's, that's the way to do it. Like it's good to wait for someone to ask you, but it's also, even when you're asked, sometimes open throats can like just overly overshare. Yeah. 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 You know? And that's when I like observe, like, wait, I just overshared. So funny. You know, like maybe undershare a little bit. <laughs> Leave but a little yeah. bit, a, a little, little bit. to want. Um, the the one gate that you do have in your um, undefined throat is gate sixty two, which is defined by your conscious earth, which is also a really really big part. It's like the second most important gate in your chart. And gate sixty two is called the gate of details. It's the gate that wants to name things, label things. Like you're picking like what that is and what that is, but it can kind of simplify something when you're trying to name it, like put a label on it as opposed to like all the myriad of things that really do make up that thing and the life that's living in that thing. Um, there's, there's a, there's, let me just read this or find like the specific details. Um, this is the part I was telling you about that means that you really need to be specific about the words you use because Mm. there's a power in this because sometimes we use words in a way that are like self-deprecating and we're trying to be funny or we're like trying to paint a picture, you know? Um, like last night when I told you, Oh, this is okay. I'm just telling a story. Yes, exactly. And I mean, I don't know how, I mean, I know how you feel about that, but I don't know how I feel about that. Sometimes I get a little superstitious about the words I say, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I think what matters is how you feel about the words you're saying. If the words you're saying, you're saying to be funny, but they actually make you feel kind of shitty about yourself. Like, that's where we have to get really specific about the words we use mm-hmm. because it's not just the words coming out of your mouth. It's also the thought that's formulating. If you, if you try and like dumb down a situation and make it like hyper-focused on the tiny minute details and like the very specific labels that you put on something, you take the life out of it mm-hmm. and you box yourself in and it becomes this like kind of controlling mindset that you set yourself up to do. I feel like I definitely do that. Interesting. I feel like sometimes, I don't even know where this comes from, but like I will flip something to make it, I don't even know how to explain it, more negative or mm-hmm. more hum. Like I think I'm being humble yes, with it. exactly. And I'm putting myself down, exactly. but like it's really a bizarre thing I do. And I, I know when I do it, I don't like when I do it mm. and it's actually untrue. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. I totally know what you mean, but it's became such a pattern yeah, that it just like comes out quickly. Right. But I don't, I need to like be very conscious. Like, I think I just need to own more of the positivity of things. Mm. Right. Yeah. Like, let's say for instance, in this past year, I'm so quick to say like, oh, I had this amazing year and I did all this stuff and I met all these cool people and I got time to study and da, 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 da. But you know, I went into massive amounts of debt and I always say that massive amounts of debt, right? Did I really go into massive amounts of debt? No. Why am I being, why am I putting that drama on it? Mm. Why am I putting that negativity on it? Mm -hmm. Why does anyone need to fucking know that? Mm -hmm. What am I really, what's my angle there? Mm -hmm. Right. And why am I putting that into the universe? Like massive amounts of debt that could not, the way the universe looks at it is like, you're saying these words, you're not, it doesn't know time. It only or yes, no. All it hears is massive amounts of debt. So it's gonna just give me massive. Right. Like I need to shut the fuck up, right. right? Right. Like and stop saying that. Just be like, yeah, I had an amazing year. No, yeah. I didn't work for three hundred and sixty-five days. Yeah. Like, and I did X, Y, Z. Like, 
you know, I really took this time and I did to, to dig into a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and just own it and it shut the fuck up and yeah. walk away. Yeah. Why do I need to put the end? It's like, I see myself do this, put an end negative twist on something. I mean, I think a lot of people do that. I think that's like a very common thing, but when you have it's like this, a disempowerment, yeah. even. Yeah, you but know? we do it to ourselves. I mean, I, I know I've seen myself do it because sometimes, and I think, I think this is where it's coming from is like, I'll be really excited about something and I'll be like, yeah, this is happening. And then I sort of feel like, oh, I'm being, uh, insensitive to like the fact that they're not having as good of a time or I'm being vain. Like, oh, I love my life. Sorry. You don't, you know, like there's something like there's an imbalance that happens when I like my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but that's all, that's like, so if someone was to get offended, that you loved your life and they didn't love theirs. That's their fucking problem. Yeah, totally. To be a leader is to stay in the love of your life. Right. And that then that might inspire them to find the love for their life. And I've done that a lot because like compared to some people that lived around me growing up, they didn't have it as great as we had it. And by means of other people, like, you know, we weren't, I didn't come from a rich family. I came from a very, uh, middle class, you know? Um, but people that were lived in my neighborhood came from a little less. So I always felt bad that like, or I dated people that Mm -hmm. didn't get a childhood like I got, or didn't have parents. Like I, you know, we all have shit, we all have shit. Right. And then, so I would like feel bad for it. Yeah. But it's like, I can't feel bad for this is, Mm-mm. you know what I mean? Like, and I also think that because we know what it feels like to be on the other side where someone's really stoked or someone has enough money to buy the car that they want. And we have this like jealousy, this like, Neh. like and we you don't must want, yeah, we don't want other people to feel bad exactly. or to, or to think that we're that kind of person that's right. like, but that isn't up to us no. to decide what exactly. they think about us or not exactly. because they're going to think it anyway. Exactly. Like there's this part of me because I got my new car and it was an inheritance. I feel like an asshole, right? That I'm driving around this fucking car that that now the first time in my life I have a car that I love, right? Mm. That's bought and paid for done, done, done. But there's something deep in me that feels bad Mm -hmm. and that I'm an asshole. No, I would rather actually have the person back on earth than have this car. Right. But I'm grateful for my car and I'm grateful to my family to giving me this money for Mm -hmm. this thing because it's, even when I was driving over here today, I'm like, gosh, this car is like, everything's just so smooth on it compared to my old car. Mm -hmm. Right. Like just even the turn signal is like, oh, it's just flows. You know, I think there's something in that though, to not feel bad about, Mm -hmm. I think that's just also wrong teaching. And I think that's really like, What's the word? I think it's like really to continue to walk around and act like you hate your life or hate your life. It's a disservice mm-hmm. and it's, um, irresponsible. It, thank you. It's completely fucking irresponsible because <laughs> you're not teaching the ways to help people grow and to yeah. be able to make choices. Right. If they don't want to make a choice and they want to stay unhappy where they are, that is up to fucking them. If they don't have the, the, the strength, the, Mm -hmm. the agility, the, the power, the, whatever you want to call it to change their life, that's on them to keep living your best life in a sense on all levels. And you're gonna, two things are going to happen. Those people will fall away. They don't really matter to your existence anymore anyway. And, or you're raising the bar that then you're paving a way that they see that if they did it, then they can do it. You being an example, a role model. Right. And they'll catch up with you and, or up here, you're missing out on a whole group of people that you've never would have met if you stayed down here. Yeah. 
I think what's funny too is that from the down here perspective, you don't even really think people exist up there. No, you're like, I'm going to be like alone. I'm going to do this thing, you know, like I'm, why, why would I want to honor myself in this situation? Because I'm going to be fucking alone. And then when you get there, you're like, Oh my God, there's a whole bunch of people. And there's a whole nother level where there's a bunch of people there too. Like a hundred percent, but we can't see it because we're not there. Yeah. And we don't know, like we don't have to, and I'm saying this to myself as well and to you and to all of us is like, we don't have to come to this earth and suffer and live sufferable lives. We Mm -hmm. really don't. We've been programmed that Mm -hmm. we've been fed that by the things we watch. We've been fed that by the stories we've been told in history that we need to come here. We need to suffer. We need to slave away. We need to never find love. We never, we just need to marry this one fucking person that we've been with forever that we've known. We can't have all the feels. We can't have all the excitement because that's just the way the fuck it is. Like we can't be in a relationship that grows and keeps nurturing and gets better with time. We have to be in something that fucking falls flat that you don't want to fuck them anymore. That that you need to just coexist with this person. Like what the fuck kind of programming is that? that I don't want that shit. I don't want to settle. Feelings. I have a lot of feelings about it. <laughs> that or that you need to go on this career path. You need to have this fucking job. And this, this circling back to the beginning of the conversation that you need to just live out this existence till you have your fucking retirement that you hope you set the fuck up right. First of all, <laughs> right. That you yeah. will live this hopeful thing that you make it that long to even cash in on this fucking retirement and do things you fucking loathe the entire time. Like the whole setup of adult life has been so programmed mm-hmm. of what we've seen or what I've seen. Cause this is, I'm saying it from my perspective that it looks really fucking lame yeah. and hard and miserable. And then if you and don't, everyone's do fucking unhappy. And this is why I couldn't stay in the suburbs. I was miserable <laughs> in the suburbs because I saw all these people going in and out of their driveways every day, living these fucking miserable lives. I'm not speaking for them. I, this is what I observed that none of these people were happy. Maybe some, there's a few on the block that actually were happy in that existence, right? I didn't want to be like that. Yeah. I didn't want that life. Do I still want kids someday? I think so. Do I want to find the love of my life and like live happily ever after? Yeah, I fucking do. Right. Do I want to be able to like commune around the world and have careers and passions that do light me up constantly? Absolutely. Do I think that I need to settle less than that? No. Do I get frustrated that I don't have that? Yes. But we're in the process. We're in the process. We're in the process of breaking it. And we're becoming aware that we don't want that anymore. When before, we didn't even realize that was a possibility. Mm -hmm. So this is progress. Yeah. Um, The other thing I just wanted to add to that real quick is that um, we... Oh, I just had a thought. I want (laughs) to... There's another... I'll just... Okay, I'm just going to skip through that. There's another... um, Your... Did, was there anything else you wanted to say about that? Because I interrupted you with a thought and then I got oh, no, excited. I, I was, my, my tangent got out. Did you, you, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> are enough. you sure? Um, okay. So I wanted to say something also because you mentioned about like how that whole boxed in life is just like makes you crazy. And obviously anybody listening could tell that you're passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Your, um, your unconscious son, another of the top four main gates is in the gate 50, which is the gate of values, which hates hierarchy. It hates being stuck in the thing. It, if you feel like you have to get stuck in that, then you become the rebel or you feel you either, either you become the rebel or you become the person who is like stuck in it, stuck in the system. And they either quit and become submissive and because the weight of the world is too much, or they double down and become like the person who climbs the ladder and they're fucking miserable, but they invest in it because they think that's the only option. Mm -hmm. So when you have this gate, it's called values. Um, and it's like creating, social values. It's creating the rules about like what's okay, what's not okay. And, um, 
when other people basically tell you like, I'm going to be responsible for you because I'm your higher up, it drives you fucking nuts. I know Mm -hmm. this from personal experience. I also have this gate. Mm -hmm. So I know what this gate feels like where it's like, let me be responsible for myself. And what your ultimate like vision when you have this gate, especially in such a high placement is that you want all people to be free to be responsible for themselves. Mm -hmm. And you recognize that if it's a hierarchy like that, where everyone has the responsibility for like their own, like getting their shit done, that everyone will thrive. Mm -hmm. And the system of being like on the ladder is not really conducive to as good as it could be. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've always felt that, that no one should rule over every, anyone. I like, I used to say back in the now, I'll give a fuck if you're the president of the United States, if you're a shit ass person, I'm going to treat you like a shit-ass person. I don't like to bow down to you because you're X, Y, Z. I could never, even as a child, like, see that. Mm-hmm. I could never just, like, oh, you're an elder. Like, I need to just mm-hmm. bow down to you. If mm-hmm. you're not a good elder, you don't get – you're not going to get my respect. Right. I – in this one self-development course I was in a long time ago, it, they would say, like, police yourself. Mm. You know when you're doing something right I or wrong. That. Just pl- we, I totally no, agree, We're not too. policing you. Police yourself. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I just realized – I used to say that all the time when I was a little kid. I used to be like, honestly, I feel like everybody already knows what's right and what's wrong with them and, and they don't need anybody to tell them. Right. That's totally If we choose to do something wrong for the majority of the human beings, it is a very conscious choice of what mm-hmm. we're doing. If you're at work and deciding not to do something, you're very consciously aware that you're making that decision to not do something, mm-hmm. right? You know when you're not doing something right. That is an absolute Definitely. choice. You don't need someone to come down. Like anytime I feel like I am being policed over, uh, like my skin crawls. Mm-hmm. Like even just the other day when my apartment manager was calling me <laughs> because I didn't move my car for the construction people. And she's like, and you need to call me right after you move your car. And I was thinking, I'm not fucking calling yeah, you. And like, then you turned into a, a rebel. I'm not. Yeah. Because I'm not a fucking child. Exactly. Like, I, your messages were not clear. Okay, I didn't move my car, right? But I'm not going to sit and call you and let you reprimand me like I'm a child. Mm-hmm. So guess what? I'll move my car when I'm ready to move it, and I'm not fucking calling you. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I think I jumped to rebel a lot more than I do the submissive. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like I was like born rebellious. But here's the thing: both of those things are stuck within the hierarchy. Both mm-hmm. of those things are right. still in the system because in order to be a rebel, you have to be fighting against, against the system. Something. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like either you're giving into it or you're saying, fuck that, and you're fighting against it as opposed to the hierarchy where it's like you're responsible for yourself. I don't know how we get to the hierarchy, but I know that that's like what this energy wants, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. this energy is going for, and ultimately like how the whole ship will float, this right. is how it's all going to go. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you're right. I do think all of humanity needs to get to that. I mean, I say yeah. with everything that's happening on the planet right now is if everyone just stood up mm-hmm. if everyone after two weeks of the beginning of everything just stood up together and said no we would be in a completely different position yeah that's interesting but because so many people couldn't see through what's being fed to them they couldn't see beyond it and they just stayed submissive to the point where it's out of fucking control yeah and it's all part of the process right um another thing about this gate for you is it's in line two, which is a projection channel. So, um, it means that basically just your essence without even really saying anything will project its values out into the world. And so a lot of times that can create like a backlash and you'd be like, why are you so mad? Or like, why do you hate me for like saying that I think this thing should be this way? But people feel like the pressure of it being put on them, even though you're not really doing that or not Mm -hmm. intentionally, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's an interesting thing too about that gate. (laughs) 
That is interesting because, like I said, there's someone at coffee in the morning. Right. That is, I like, thought about that when you said it. Super. Yeah. Uh, has out of nowhere because yeah. I don't share the same values as he does. Totally. Like really aggro about it. He's but, like, actually being aggressive towards me. That's like, I, I can tell a happen. story that has nothing to do with anything and he's yeah. just, he he's lashing out at me right yeah. now. Because I mean, you know what it feels like when somebody tells you the same, like a similar thing where someone mm-hmm. tells you like, you need to be this way. You need to do this. This is morally incorrect of you. Mm-hmm. When someone points the finger at you like that, if it, it makes you want to go. Nyeh. So like, that's just what's happening. Um, it's not actually happening, but it's right. like what they think is happening. <laughs> right. right. There's a lot of things in human design where it's like, here's what's actually happening and here's how people are going to perceive you. And now you just be aware of the fact that right. people are going to perceive you this way and there's nothing you can do about like it. Like they other than think be clear. like I'm a bitch sometimes when I'm not. Right. So I must be giving off bitch energy. I mean, the only thing you can do is do your best to be like clear about like what's mine and like, you know, mm-hmm. try and set the record straight, but you don't have, you don't have to like, it, they're going to do their thing. Like that's their thing to figure it out. You know, yeah. you don't have to soothe people. Right. Um, I think we kind of talked about that. This one I really like. I think you're really going to like it too. Do tell. I think you're going to like it. This is the last of the main gates. Uh, it's gate three. It's called difficulty at the beginning. Mm. Um, so basically what this energy wants to do is create order out of chaos. Okay. It sees confusion and it sees a bunch of crazy shit and it just wants to find the pattern and the order so that it can move forward. It is in the channel of mutation. It's down at the root. It's like a, um, it's a pressurized channel that wants to change things. So when you're at the shadow aspect of this gate, you see the chaos in the world and you don't trust it. Mm. You don't trust that in the chaos is the answer, mm-hmm. but you just can't see it yet. It's sort of like the big bang. Right. In the big bang, if anybody were there to witness it, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? But right. then billions of years later, we have intelligent life. Like mm-hmm. there was a structure we mm-hmm. couldn't see in the beginning. So like there's a method to the madness. Yeah. There's always like, there's a pattern below the surface. There's life below the surface and it's working in our favor. Mm-hmm. And so this mm. energy will not be able to see that right away. Mm-hmm. And it gets scared and doesn't want to make changes in its life because it's afraid that the chaos is just chaos and that it's not a benevolent universe and that they're not going to be protected and that nothing good is going to come from it. So they say stuck. Mm-hmm. But it's a ch- it's an energy that wants to mutate. It wants to evolve. It wants to change. It's going to push you to do that. But if you're afraid to take that step, it's going to feel like stuck energy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, I know that yeah. all too well. Yeah. Wow. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I love this gate so much. But this is the one that I was telling you about that doesn't trust life itself because under the surface it believes that there is no order in chaos. Um, this is the one that that came into your body 88 days before your birth, mm-hmm. which was ironically what like seven days or so before you tried to leave the womb early, mm-hmm. right? Don't trust life itself. I only say that because you've told me that before. Yeah. You've used those words mm-hmm. like when I felt like I didn't trust life, or you know, yeah. Um, the thing about this gate is it's subconscious. It's in your unconscious design, so it's not something you're super duper aware of. But the only way you can see working in your life is to see the result of it. Mm-hmm. So you can see how you're like, I feel stuck. What is happening? And then you can kind of trace it back and be like, Oh, there's this, there is this energy here. I don't, you can't see it happening, but because you can be consciously aware that it is there, you might be able to like help yourself unstuck. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, just for a side note of what that story is. I don't know if I've talked about this on a previous episode before, but, um, at six months in the womb, I tried to come out and my mom, um, missed my uncle's wedding because she had to go into the hospital and they sewed me back in. And then, then we cut to when I was born, then 
and everyone's heard that story, my lungs weren't fully developed. So I was put in an incubator. Um, and I was about, what did she say the other day? Like I was like two weeks from my due date. So I wasn't even, I didn't even come out that early enough. My just lungs weren't fully developed for whatever reason, but yeah. So the point that she's talking about is, um, my mom said, what was the date? November 3rd, I tried to come out. Yeah. Um, no, November 3rd was the wedding and it was was the wedding a couple days before that. So, and then you were, you were saying that when that time frame hit on my chart Mm -hmm. in human design, it was around October 27th. 27th. October 27th is your design date. Okay. Which is basically when you take like, when you get a horoscope, it's a, it's a snapshot of the sky mm-hmm. at the time you were born. In human design, there are two snapshots. There's one 88 days prior to your actual birth and there's one of your birth. The prior one has to do more with your body and it's unconscious. Mm. The on your birthday is the one that's like your personality, but they combine together to create your complete so chart. I wonder, this is really interesting. That just came to me. <laughs> So let me tell you, um, what if I don't nothing as I'm in a child yet. Um, I know nothing about the full, I know some things, but I don't know the actual <laughs> scientific structures of the, the development of a fetus. Mm-hmm. Your design date, is that when the fetus is actually pretty formed? I mean, you're six obviously, months Yeah. Like obviously there's a lot more that goes to it, but that date being 88 days before you're born like in, in some aspect of whatever it is, almost everything is formed just enough before the final touches are put on, mm. right? Like a mm-hmm. painting, like most of the painting is finished at that point, but then you do the last minute details and a little layover here and you hmm. need to dress it up over there. So they give that date because then mm. that's when the human self is formed enough, mm-hmm. like enough, I'm saying like into its fullity, if, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That then when you're born, that's when the soul comes in. Mm-hmm. That's when the soul and the body emerge. Yeah. I don't know. It's a really so that would be why that I would love, um, really interesting I would love philosophy. to bring this up to Phoenix. Actually, she might actually know more about this and then tell her the human design about that. Yeah. Cause she always knows these little things. Um, and then she'll, she'll be like, no, I don't know. And I'll be like, no, you know everything. I was just telling you that yesterday. I'm like, you know everything. <laughs> don't let me down. Don't let me down. No, just, I don't get let down. I just, she always like knows the things. Um, but that would be an interesting yeah. point if that's when it is. That's when the soul emerges. That's when the body's pretty much like, let's yeah. say 90% formed enough that that has that date. And then this is when the soul meets the body yeah, that's interesting. and I'm comes sure into this I look that up. It's realm. probably in human design. Like why is it 88 days before? Yeah. I, don't know, I would love to know that. Yeah. Really curious. But so that's when this whole picture was taken and that's the main, the main gate of that picture is that not trusting life propensity. <laughs> um, I'm going to just see something while you're talking. What does, I want to tell you one more thing about that gate. Okay. When you're ready. So I wanted to just look up what does the number 88 mean? Number 88 symbolized fortune and good luck in the yeah. Chinese culture. Eight does in general. Um, I was also born in, eight, in 1988. I when I was a kid, I thought I was born in 1888 for like many years. And I remember having Amazing. this conversation with my grandma and she was like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm positive. She's like, I think it's 1988. And I was like, I promise you it's 1888. And she was like, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, and angel numbers 88 is reminding you that it is time to end something in your life and start something new. Ooh. New changes are about to come. Ooh. Let's open this up a little. Cause this is actually interesting. Um, now it's like, I hate when you open, like it has the thing and then you open the website and then now you can't find exactly what it's saying. So 
I'm not finding the rest of that sentence. Um, so I think let's just move on. Yeah, right. Okay. That's cool though. Yeah. Starting something new. Something starting something new. Which that would make sense because yeah. you're like going from the developing of the human body to, to like getting ready to actually imprinting it. Yeah, and merging mm-hmm. the soul and the body into this. Yeah. Okay, so I want to go real quick in a little more detail about the shadow and the gift of that gate because I think it's important. So there are two like there's a repressive shadow and there's a reactive shadow. So it's just like different variations of how the shadow can appear. So the repressive shadow, uh, is called anal. (laughs) I know you'd like that. Um, but basically what it is, is it becomes really controlling about life. Remember we're talking about the gate that doesn't want to change, Mm -hmm. but it changes necessary. It wants to change, but it's too afraid to change. So, in the, in the shadow, one of the options of how it's expressed is that there's like a tightness and it's actually reflected in your breath Mm. in like a clutching of your own breath. Mm -hmm. And so breath work can be really helpful for this energy of like releasing and and letting go. Right. Um, so one side wants to control and then the other side, um, becomes disordered. It's called, (laughs) um, it's afraid that any fear that will come up will, um, only create No, it's afraid that any change that comes up will only create chaos. And so it avoids change at all costs Mm -hmm. because, of course, it doesn't want chaos. It doesn't trust that the chaos is where the gold is. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're in that energy, your anger is a indicator of, like, you're not trusting. So Mm. when you're feeling angry in that part of the shadow, that's where you can be like, where is this coming from? Because in this case, anger comes from a fear, from a fear Mm -hmm. of like, I don't trust the world and I'm fucking pissed about it or whatever. I don't really know how it works. But like the the anger is a sign to look inward and to be like, where is this coming from? Wow, I can see that really playing out a lot. Yeah. When my anger boils up to to certain things. Because my anger will boil up into when I feel stuck. Or yeah. into when relationships aren't going in proper directions or just a lot of things, actually. Mm-hmm. And I get that anger boil. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Um, and then when you're at the gift, when you're at the higher frequency and you're no longer like in the victim mindset, um, you are more able to embrace that life is designed to change. It's designed to mutate and that there is their power in the chaos. And then you become the kind of person who's willing to co-create with the world. Instead of trying to put your reality onto the world, Mm -hmm. you let everything be and you, you work with it. Mm -hmm. So it's like a, it's a co-creation. It's like a surrender, but you're also like, we're working together here. So in those cases, the world can throw whatever it's going to throw at you. And you're willing to go into the chaos because you know that that's just the beginning. That's why it's called difficulty at the beginning, Mm -hmm. because any change has that moment of time where it's chaotic but chaotic isn't really bad. It's not really what we think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what going into the gift looks like is, is you start co-creating and cooperating with what's actually happening instead of trying to change it. Wow. Pretty fucking cool, right? Mm-hmm. So in those cases, like if you're not happy, like at your job, for example, I mean, I don't want to go too deep, too deep down this cause I don't yeah. know the answer, but, right. um, you can start to like, think about where you can let it be as it is and work with it mm-hmm. instead of fighting it. Mm-hmm. Whether that means making it more tolerable, whether it means seeing there are opportunities in this current situation or whether it means moving on or, you know what I mean? There's like, it's just opening up options yeah. in the now instead of being like now is fucked. So I can only feel fucked in this fucked little box. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. Moving on. Um, we're almost done. <laughs> it's the longest podcast of all time. <laughs> 
There's two other, I literally like highlighted it. Other noteworthy gates. <laughs> Such a fucking nerd. Um, okay. So this. these two gates I love. You have both of them in your conscious design. One is called the yes gate. Ooh, I love the yes gate. Yeah. It's the gate of perseverance. Um, so basically this gate me, it's your conscious North node, which is like the direction that you're going in this life. So it's really important. This is a very lucky gate. Mm. This is the one I was briefly telling you about this gate. When you, um, it's called perseverance because it basically means that you succeed where other people don't purely because you don't give up. You Mm -hmm. have that potential in you to just be like, no, I'm not quitting. Um, it can also be the yes gate in that you just overcommit and you say yes to everything instead of having discretion about what you want to commit your energy to. Um, and the really important thing about this gate is that it's, it's lucky or it's unlucky depending on how much you commit. Right. We were talking about this the other day. Okay. Yeah. So, so that the audience can understand a little bit when you are half hearted about something, when you only have one foot in and one foot out, you're actually creating bad luck, especially when you have this energy in your North node. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. So this energy, if you don't commit your energy half-heartedly to things, if something comes your way and you're only half in it and you say, nope, not fully in this, not committing my energy, I'd rather stay in the void of having nothing to do, then you, you're you creating a vacuum for the thing to come in that you are ready to commit to. And then when you do commit your full energy to it, mountains move, the universe, it's like the universe hears you. It's, you know, those all those memes, it's like jump and the universe will catch mm-hmm. you or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is that. This is that like jump. But that doesn't mean jump to everything. It means jump to the thing that's right for you. And yeah. when you do, the universe will match you. And crazy shit happens. It, it becomes the gate of um, like serendipity. Serendipitous things are happening to you all the time. You're just in the right place at the right time. I look at that as like when I first moved to LA. Mm. Everything was just handed to me and given to me an opportunity after opportunity, whether yeah. I took the opportunities or not. And just it yeah. was like every day was magical. And I was actually reflecting on that. And I think you and I talked about this like maybe a month ago or so. Like when did that – why do things not feel magical sometimes mm. now? Like when did that end? Like when did – you know what I mean? When were we – When? What, at what point in life did we stop allowing things to be magical? Oh God, I know. And we stopped letting – because I mean yeah. I walked into the city and was handed the city. Yeah. Without even trying. But I was like I'm going to LA and I'm going to do this. I mean I had even people like – with acting stuff. And I wasn't even caught up to like feeling like I even knew how to act and being asked if I want, and I would, I turned things down Hmm. and I like, then I kicked myself later when I was actively trying to do it. But because, you know, it was just, I was just pulling in everything and I had this amazing life commitment, right? Like you fully, you dove in, you moved, you Mm -hmm. moved, you had a yes, you were ready to go. You were putting everything into it and it just opens doors. And I actually never understood how that worked for me. And now I see that it's just in my thing. So I think for me right now is like you telling me this the other day, it started the thought process, but now sitting here and going through all of this, which has been so much fun is cause I think I have a lot to think about now. <laughs> um, and all the things that I've put on my plate right now and, yeah. and everything that I'm doing are, and pulling in even more is like really like sitting with each one of it mm-hmm. and really feeling into it. Yeah. Are you doing it because you think you should? Or are you doing it because you think it's going to get you this thing, but your sacral is like, I don't really have energy do for this. Yeah. Like, I don't really like it. And yeah. it's okay if you have multiple streams of income or you have multiple things, mm-hmm. but you just have to be lit up by them and you have to be fully committed to them. Because if I find those things again, which I, I you know, some of them, we already know what they are. Yeah. Um, cause the spiritual stuff always lights me up. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, what can I pull in that? How can I create that magic again that I had in my mm-hmm. early twenties? Because I had so much fucking magic, right? so much magic. Yeah. 
And I, yeah. I, I want that again. And I've wanted I that again. I want to, you know, like everything was coming to me and, you know, I know we're in a different kind of holding pattern time right now on earth. It's like, you know, the energies are really dense around, but it's like, where can't, we can still create that magic in our Definitely. everyday lives. Yeah. We can actually tune out this greater story and bigger yeah. thing that's happening. And, and, and some people might yeah. think it's selfish, but sometimes we need to be selfish. Oh my God. Like this, this moment to me, like culminates the entire thing of like not giving into that, not giving into the, like the negative aspect, mm-hmm. focusing your energy on, on the productive thing, the, um, the thing in the direction of the light, the thing that you want to go towards, like that thing I was telling you before, the, which wolf is going to win. Mm-hmm. There's two wolves fighting within you. One of them's going to win, which is going to be the one that you feed. It's not about fighting the devil. It's about feeding the light. Mm-hmm. The devil will starve to death. If you simply pull your energy away from trying to fight it and mm-hmm. you just feed the light. Um, yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I really want to sit with this, definitely these energies now and, and, and fully run them through my body. Cause my body yeah. tells me a lot and I, you know, I put my thinker cap on and mm-hmm. I'm put my warrior suit on and be like, okay, I hear you body, but I can't comprehend how that is going to work out. Trust exactly, in life. Exactly. So I'm going to go do this, even though daily things mm-hmm. are screaming. Yeah to please don't do this anymore. Yep. And that's your sacral too, like coming to trust your sacral because your sacral knows right away. It knows like, this is good or I don't fucking want to do this anymore. And your sacral is the thing that's going to give you the energy to do it or not. Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't have the energy, you're going to be fucking exhausted all the time. You're going to be showing up just depleted. Mm -hmm. Um, there's one more gate if you want to hear. Yeah. Okay, cool. This is hello. Why stop now? (laughs) Um, okay. So this is the gate 14, the abundance one I briefly told you about this one. Oh God, Sarah, I love this one so much. Do you know how long I've been waiting to tell you about this exact gate? Really? I'm so fucking excited to tell you. Well, I wanted to like have it be a fresh thing for you. Okay. So this one is so good. You guys, this is the big reveal. It's the big reveal. (laughs) (laughs) This is the moment we've all been waiting Uh for. Sarah's gate 14. Abundance. Abundance. Gate 14 is in your- This is where I become a billionaire. Maybe. 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 Do you know I used to take my bank slips, like I would deposit like a thousand dollars in my bank account and then I would actually put commas zeros, and zeros yeah. to make it a billion dollars all the fucking That's time. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I went to Bali a couple years ago and we had this bill that was in rubies, which is like millions of rubies, right? Where it's like a hundred dollars or something. I don't know the exact, but you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we got this bill and it was literally like 10 million rubies or something crazy. And I was like, Oh my God, that number like made my heart go, Whoa. I was like, I'm keeping this. I'm going to keep this and make it like pretend like it's a bank statement, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's how you, I mean, here's my thing. And, and like, I've had a lot of conversations, especially with people in the spiritual world as of lately of, of looking at all this, because there's a lot of spiritual people that be like, you don't need money. Money doesn't mean everything and blah, blah, blah. No, it doesn't. But to make big changes to, to create, let's say retreats or sanctuaries or this or that, unfortunately in this plane of earth, we do need money. We do need abundance. We do, you know, to, to create bigger, you do need the resources in, in whatever form or fashion they come. So I've actually felt myself in the past couple months, even be more open to receiving Mm. money and allowing Mm. that to come in. Love it. Um, and being okay with it. Like I like nice clothes. I found through the pandemic, I used to love going out to dinner. I don't actually care about that as much anymore. Mm. So certain things that my mind pre pandemic attached to of what I needed money for. That's interesting. No longer 
feeds me. I still think I love uh, clothes are a form of expression. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I like to put on certain things and do certain things. I don't think that's ever going to go away. I don't um, think it has to. No. Do do I need a fancier car than the one I have right now? No. I love my car. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to trade it in in a year and have a better car. Like, I, for those of you that don't know, I have a 2019 RAV4 that had one previous owner. I love my car so much, <laughs> right? Um, you know, I don't need this fancy house that looks a certain way that at one point I might've thought I needed. Right. Yeah. Do I, I don't even know if I really want a house yet. I, I, I'm seeing now in the value of monetary value of, Mm. it took away some of the more superficial stuff and it's replaced with how can this add value to my life and what Mm -hmm. I want to do. And I think that's when money actually comes in is when you are aware of if you want it just to serve your ego or if you want it because of the good that it can do. Right. And the good that it can do can mean by making your life nicer. Yeah. That is perfectly fine. By being less stressed to open myself up more to, to heal, to, to teach, to do Or just to enjoy this fucking life. Like that's okay. That's okay. We can do that. That's different than wanting to have the picture on Instagram to satisfy your ego. Right. That's not, that's not going to fulfill you ultimately. Mm -hmm. And money Mm -hmm. isn't going to waste its time with that. Mm -mm. It's just not going to come. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really found myself in the, in the past couple months of like being open to receive and to allow this flow finally in, because I feel like I've put a big block on it. Yeah. For I mean, many different you reasons. You are the only one who did. Yeah. <laughs> really? I mean, in your own life, you're yeah. the only one who did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm the only one who did in my life. Right. Yeah. yeah that's all I'm trying to so say. So I'm, I'm curious okay, to Okay, so here, more. let's go a little more. So um, it's in your conscious Uranus, which, <laughs> represent, <laughs> which represents your uniqueness your liberation. It can be shocking. It can be unexpected in the way that it expresses itself. Nonetheless, it is gate 14, the gate of abundance. And, um, here's the cool thing about this gate in the shadow. You don't trust that your desires, the things that you want are divinely inspired. Mm. You don't trust yourself because you've got these desires and you don't think that they're okay. Mm hmm. And so what happens is you start to compromise yourself in the ways that we shouldn't be compromising ourselves. So there's compromise that's like where you want to go to dinner or, you know, basic shit that like you can have it this week, next week, I get my choice. You know, like that's one kind of compromise, which is a-okay, but the compromise where you don't value what your like inner child is saying or where you say, I have this desire, but I I know better. I'm not going to do that. Or Mm -hmm. I have this, you know, the, this thing about me, this, like the, the important things. Hold on. I wrote some of them down. I wasn't, <laughs> yeah. The things you need, the things you want, the things that matter to you versus the things that don't matter to you. When you compromise those things, you start to not trust yourself mm. because yourself told you what it wanted mm-hmm. and you were like, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So when you're doing that, yeah, no thing, the, your, your body and your energy doesn't trust itself to pull in the abundance and to have the stamina that's required for that because you know that you're not going to honor those things anyway, mm-hmm. subconsciously, right? you know, like you want a certain kind of relationship, but then we do this where we'll be like, okay, well, this one's good enough for now. Right. <laughs> but it's like, actually, it's not what I want. And no. my sacral's telling me like, no, this isn't right. Why are you doing this to me? And then your sacral goes like, well, fuck you. I guess like if you, don't, if you're not interested, then, then guess, I'm not interested. You know? Yeah. yeah. I don't trust you. Right. So then you don't trust yourself. 
Okay, I want to read this. So that's just that just ends up being like a vicious cycle, really. Yeah, totally. Because that's just a never ending negative rabbit hole. Because if you're constantly allowing that to happen, that's going to bring down your self esteem. That's going to bring down Mm -hmm. your self worth. That's going to bring down your self confidence. Right. Yeah. And it's also going to fill your stream with all this shit that's not really right for you. And then it's blocking your energy for the real thing to come in. It's taking up all your energy. And so like you literally do not have space. Then once again, you're stuck and then you're stuck and then you're like, I know this suck, but it's like you filled yourself with all this shit that's not right for you. And it's literally just keeping you in this place where you're stuck there until you let go of it. And then you create the vacuum for the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So I wanted to read this to you. I think this is a quote, not, uh, it's not a direct quote, but it's basically a quote from the Gene Keys book. Uh, so when you get to the gift of this gate, this abundance gate, it's called competence. So the gift of competence carries with it efficiency, enthusiasm, flair, and flexibility. The four keys to material success. That is an actual quote. And then I paraphrase this last part. This last part. It finds creative and simple solutions to its problems. It's deeply fulfilled by how it uses its energy. Um, what it does, it's willing to do things in a way that's never been done before and to be seen different, differently. Mm -hmm. And it's flexible in how it's willing to apply itself. This is me just paraphrasing what it said in the Mm -hmm. book. So basically that's what competence, that's what the gift of this abundance looks like. Mm. So do you see what I mean here? Like, can you see how in, and I know that I do this too. Can you see how in our lives, how we don't do that when it comes to money or the things that we want, the things that we want to pull in the abundance we're looking for? We're not flexible. We don't look for the easy, creative solution. We we make it fucking hard. Hard. We try to make it as hard as we can. As hard as we can. We uh, <laughs> we do things that aren't fulfilling our energy. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't like what we've been doing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we're not willing to do things that are new. That we, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to set this out into the world, but like this is the this is the pattern that we've set up. Mm-hmm. And then I know the like few times in my life where I've really channeled this energy and I'm like, I'm, I'm like not bothered by shit. I'm like, I'm creative. I'm willing to be like, where's the, where's the secret door in the situation that's going to make everything fun and easy. And like, it's not going to be this big fucking thing that Mm -hmm. I have to deal with Mm -hmm. and, and focusing on like, what's bringing me satisfaction here. If this isn't it, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Peace. Yeah. Because this isn't meant to be. It's not meant to be. That is the sign from your body that this is not meant to be. And it's draining. And you don't have energy for the other things yep. and your mood is low, even lower than it needs to be in the emotional yeah, high and low, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, wow. I got some shit to think about here, girl. Me too. I got to make some You moves. got an amazing chart though. Right. You so know? if I did just leap and for once in my life, like I had full faith when I moved to LA at 20 years old, mm-hmm. there was no doubt in my mind that I wasn't going to make it. Yeah. You know, That's what it takes. and I went and I did. And yeah. then after trials and errors, cause I always say yes and had some really <laughs> fucked up things happen. I then started not trusting myself, doubting myself, mm. doubting this plan, started doubting. That's the big takeaway. I think. That's and then the biggest I went takeaway. and then I started going down this more safe path, opposite direction yeah. and then started being someone I wasn't. That was around the time of my old relationship. And when I got married, right. I wasn't myself. I lost myself. I'm bringing myself back, but now everything's changed. What do I want in this new self? But what do I need to do now to fully leap into that? Yeah. Because definitely right now I can see in this space I'm sitting, especially after this, uh, the whole session we just went through, like, holy shit, I'm not serving myself Yeah. at all. And there's yeah. no more time to sit back and wait or play this game. Like I got to shit or get off the pot really for myself. Yeah. And I can't, I can't 
influence you or, and I don't want to, because especially like with your open G, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like, don't take my advice. Like you already know. Oh, I already know. You already know. And like you, you're the only one who can tell you there was mm-hmm. another gate in here. I didn't cross it. You'll read it if you read through this, but okay. there was another gate in here that mentions that if you like, you're the kind of person who will be pulled into the gurus just to realize, like, I already knew that I didn't need you to yeah. tell me that, you know? Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, you, you obviously have to make these choices completely based on your own. They can't be spontaneous. You have to get really clear. You have to like wait through your emotional, whatever, and pay attention to what your sacral really wants. But if you do come back to that committed to yourself and start really respecting what you want, respecting who you are and respecting these things that are really crucial to an abundant life and, and proving to yourself, you can trust me now. I'm Mm -hmm. listening to you now. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, once you start, and even if you just do that in small ways of like, you can trust me now, tell me what you want, tell me how you feel. I'm going to listen. I'm going to respect you in little ways and start building that trust back with your body. Then your body will start giving you bigger signals and mm-hmm. eat and it'll become easier and become more obvious mm-hmm. of like, Oh, that's the answer. I don't know where it's going to lead, but my sacral said yes. And that's right. where I go. Yeah. I mean, it's, I tell people even when I left my marriage, it was like, well, it wasn't my sacral body was being pulled by my heart. And I didn't know where I was going and I didn't know what's on the other side of it, but everything yeah. was like, you need to leave this yeah. and you need to just keep going and you need to just follow this and totally. just go. And I did. And like, I get it now, you know right. what I mean? And right. I wasn't supposed to be in that. And I can see all the ways yeah. it wasn't serving me and I wasn't serving it and we weren't serving each other, but I really need to yeah. tune into these energies because I already know what they are. I mean, mm-hmm. I've already felt them and now it's like putting a face to and this is is more real than I really realized how real it was, if that makes any sense. Because I'm very in tune with all the things, but like we said, I didn't trust it. And just for a little backstory for the people listening, I just had a healing um, a few weeks ago after this really uh, crazy trip that uh, Kimberly and I took to Ojai where we had these tarot card readings and long story short, the tarot reader, <laughs> we were talking about being stuck on the way. Yeah, like amazing. once we got off the freeway going into Ojai, we were talking about being stuck. And then I literally a half an hour later sat down with this tarot reader that Kimberly had gifted me the session for. And she told me there was two things of why, like out of the gate, you are stuck because of these two things. And I've been on a journey since then of healing and so this healing that I had after the tarot reader, um, my girlfriend was like, holy shit, you don't trust life. Mm. And that goes to my birth and it goes to different mm. things and it just like uncovered. So then now we're seeing the untrusting in the chart of yeah. my human design. Yeah. And it's like, I always really believe like once I'm always looking for the seeds of things. And once I find the seeds, mm. I feel like it's such an empowerment to, yes, those things might still be there, but they no longer need to unconsciously exactly. rule you. Oh God. And you can start yes. working with them and move past them. They don't Cliff have to. Notes. Yeah. That's it. And that's it. And that's what this reading is just adding to the journey of, yeah. you know, and then, uh, I haven't mentioned this on here before. A couple of weeks ago, I went and did a mushroom journey out in Joshua tree with, my tribe. Mm-hmm. And th- th- this actually want to go back to something you were saying about growing up and not needing to go party and do this anymore. And that's, what's interesting about me sitting with plant medicines right now is, is, is the complete opposite of needing to go get like 
fucked up in a sense. Like I want to have nothing to do with it anymore. Even partway through my mushroom journey, I'm like, I don't ever want to do this again, even though I probably will to that extent because of what came later, but I have no desire to go there. I'm, I've only been doing it, um, to expand my consciousness from where I'm at now, because in doing plant medicine in the right settings, um, in ceremony with great purpose and speaking to the plants to, set intention of what you want to see, know, heal, journey through, they actually do respond. And it's really an amazing thing. If you ask them to have a mellow time, it'll Mm. give you a mellow time. If you ask to see Mm. something you haven't seen, which the mushrooms did, I did see, I was brought into the Mm. void of life. I was brought into the beginning, the inception of time where the creation was me and it was scary in the moment to be sitting there and seeing that. But I asked for that. I asked going into it. I want to see something I've never seen. I want to see something bigger and I'm ready to see it. And then when I was in it, I'm like, I'm not ready to see it. I'm so scared. <laughs> you know, and then I had to go through a little mind fucked after that. But it, none of this, none of this in, in this point in my life is to get fucked up. It is to expand. Yeah, it yeah. is to start healing things. It is to trying to go back to what was my point of this. Um, oh yeah. So in this journey, my friend Santo, who's an alchemist, he, we were talking and I was eating a grapefruit, right? And we're like in the middle of our trip, I'm eating a grapefruit. We're standing next to a compost bin and he, and I was, we were just talking about how the people that were on this journey with us, uh, spiritually people were on different parts of the path. Right. And, and I, I was really saying like, Oh, it doesn't mean that we're better than them. Right. Because there's other people further along than us. We're just, I think it's a reflection to show how far we've come doing Mm. the work, which is really beautiful. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, wait a second, slow down. And I'm like, what? And this is where the testing thing comes really in. He's like, okay, compost. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And he's like, and I just suggested we build a fire outside. And he's like, look outside that fire. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And he's like, compost. (laughs) He's like, Sarah, I know you can get this. (laughs) And I literally went blank and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And we're on drugs. So like, is this one of those drug moments? It's like, no, think about it, Sarah. Compost. Fire. Do you see it? And I'm like, eating my grapefruit. I'm like, no. And he's like tapping before it. He's like, focus, Sarah, focus. I'm like, I don't know what I'm focusing on. And he's like, okay, I know you can get this. I don't want to have to spell it out for you. I need you to focus. I'm like, fuck it. He's like, compost. Fire. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Then finally he broke it down to me. He's an alchemist. Okay. He showed me that my, actually my element is fire. Regardless that I was born in earth, my element is fire that I spark ideas. I spark situations. Mm. I spark people. I spark things. I bring, you know, like I'm the Mm -hmm. spark to dips to many situations Mm -hmm. and that because I didn't really understand or know that that is my actual in the, what he calls the game of alchemy, that that is Mm. my element. I've like a baby rattlesnake go around and sting, go around and bite, not knowing what I'm doing, Mm. setting things on fire, lighting things like, and not knowing because I have all this fiery energy and I didn't know my element. So therefore I can't, I haven't been able to place it and Mm. use it and properly tame it in the, and direct it in the right ways that if you were earth, you would direct your energy differently. You would show up as earth. Mm -hmm. Now I know I could show up to an earth. And if I'm fire, what is in the alchemy game? What is our relationship? Or if I show up in someone's water, I'm at fire. What, how is our, how do I show up as Mm, this element? Right. right. Now that you know who you are, now I know know who you are. Right. 
So what's interesting about that, and this is just a side note, going to that where I had the moment where I was in the beginning of time, where I was in the void, where there was actually nothing but me. There was no heaven. There was no hell. There was no God. There was no devil. There was no right. There was no wrong. There was no nothing. It was just is, right? Mm -hmm. In this black space. And I'm standing outside in the middle of the desert too. So it was just me in this void. Sounds amazing. And that's when we were talking about it the next day when we were um, really integrating. We spent the whole next day like... Uh, him, myself, and our friend Adam, who was on the journey with us, like really digging deep into the journey I mean, on a deeper level um, with all of our experiences, He, that's when Santo brought to my attention that he's like, you are put into the void to see how you being the spark of fire mm. creates your creation, Ooh. creates your life, like, creates your that. universe. I love that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good shit. And so it no longer became mm. a scary thing for me to mm. have gone through that and to see that because now I see we tied around the whole purpose to it, mm. right? So long story short, this reading right now and you being on your journey and learning mm -hmm. all of this about human design and instead of like random note cards coming across my path <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and bringing it to the table of the whole yeah. actually couldn't have came at a better time. And everything is so divinely planned like so that funny. because now this makes even more sense to be in my own healing, expansive journey of where I'm going than it would have, let's say even six months ago. Yeah, totally. And it's right on par with everything that I've gone through since going to Ojai and her telling me I need to heal these certain parts. And now I'm seeing it as a bigger whole that I think yeah. that at this point I can really start co-creating with me and the universe in yeah. the life that I actually truly desire yeah, and want and exactly. have passion for again, instead of being a drone into this life that I think that I'm supposed right. to do that doesn't It's all the me. shoulds versus all the what's, what's right. real for me. And like trusting that. Yeah. Like Santo is saying to me, even with that of like tuning into the sacral, but he's also like tuning into your spark. Like what lights mm. you up? What mm. gives you passion? Oh God, I love that. Like does that relationship. That's so funny because that's like straight yeah, out of your like, design. Does that relationship light you up? Yeah. Does that job light you up? Do you feel passionate in that? And mm. then I started looking back like, oh, back in my past, like that lit me up and that's yeah. when everything go and I had passion right? and this. And then somewhere I got scared of my own fire, my right. own spark and my right. own passion. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's all like coming full circle to coming back around for me to create yeah. again from that space. So but good. this time trusting it mm -hmm. because I think the distrust and the unconscious distrust and the subconscious distrust is what made me kind of blow it all up. Yep. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I was wrong because it all blew up. No, you're just a little baby rattlesnake. You didn't know what you were doing. You didn't, you knew you had like this energy and this power and this, this, and this passion and this drive and blah, blah, blah. You had no direction. And now it's like. Open G center. It's my open G. <laughs> it's my open G. She got an open G. That's open got. G, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, shit, man. yes, that being said, is there anything else you would like to wrap up with? Otherwise, mm. I think we can call it a day. Uh, I, I, I think that encompassed yeah. a lot. Well, thank you. My God, thank I you loved for, it so much. Me too. <laughs> thanks for sitting with me again and doing this again. So and um, call Kimberly for readings. I mean, this is fascinating and you can tell that you really enjoy it and mm, you put a lot of detail into it and it's really beautiful thank and you. I honor you for sitting here with me thank you, my love. and your friendship and I your love. I love you so much. I bet you're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> <It's fun. laughs> yeah. 
And thank you again for listening. And we will talk with you again very, very soon. Bye. Bye.